0: what is up how y'all doing happy friday and welcome to the wan show we've got a bunch of great topics for you today actually yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> in the biggest news from this week nvidia figures you are made of money just tons of it just lots of it coming you, out of everywhere it's coming out of every orifice simultaneously you have money diarrhea money vomit money ear drips yeah yeah you know money so
1: you you have uh, coin tears. Money
0: sinus infection. Yeah, that's coins just aren't worth enough. Getting all over everything. So we'll Pure be talking about coins. their announcement for the RTX 4000 series of graphics cards, along with some um, alternatives that might cost you a little bit less money. We've yeah. got some ideas. Yeah. Uh, in other, you have too much money and not enough brains news. Logitech... Know where this be- is going. <laughs> Logitech just launched the... Uh, What is this stupid thing called? The G Cloud Gaming Handheld. I have, I
1: think, at least a single use case for it. So we'll talk about that later. I will fight you. Uh, Yeah, I'm ready. I will fight you. I don't care how magnificent your hair looks. (laughs) I will fight you. I spent an actually significant amount of time trying to find a way to make this work. All right, what else we got? We have uh, something that's kind of interesting for us, which is YouTube adding shorts views to their partner program. Mm-hmm. That's actually a big deal if you view anything on YouTube. Like we for the talk industry. Yes. Yep. Um, and hmm, where do I go from here? There's a couple different options. What? Not I LTT think. on Espanol? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I know nothing about this. But I mean, there's cool. all the Twitch drama, good. I guess. Yeah. It was like that, or do I talk about Video Game donkey? Yeah. Which we're going to talk about. All right, let's roll the intro. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, kay? it's going to be good. You'll yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, all right, first of all, let's get this out of the way. Yes, can confirm for those of you asking the unnamed major YouTube YouTuber that we sponsored to do a video about the LTT screwdriver or featuring the LTT screwdriver was Marquez I actually ran into him at a summit um, over the last couple of days. It's over now, so I guess I can say that it took place but uh, we were we were chatting about it and I think we're both pretty darn pleased overall. Like, the community reaction to it was just like, what? This is hilarious. I love it. Um, And, you know, I think for both of us, it was not an obvious outcome. It could have... Yeah, it could have very easily been, like... I don't come on MKBHD to see Linus stuff computers. yeah or like what what are you doing you know sponsoring other YouTubers he doesn't even build computers all the time like you never know right like there could be any number of of wild interpretations of what was going on but from you know my point of view and I think from his it was actually pretty simple it was it was a collab in the sense that there was a cross pollination between the channels between the audiences but also we did sponsored the video which is not really any different from what anyone else would do and from my point of view i just wanted to see him do a computer build again because it'd been almost 10 years yeah it had been almost 10 years it's been a hot minute yeah the last time he did it was um a hackintosh that makes sense which is like yeah it's clearly been long enough that apple's over it. so that yeah. <laughs> that'll give you some idea, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool overall. It was a pleasure working with their team, and that's what it was. And don't be surprised if you see the screwdriver popping up in other places. Uh, Zach from Jerry Rig Everything has already had his Creator Edition screwdriver make a little cameo. And you'll you'll see a lot more than that if we get our way. Obviously, we think it's a really great screwdriver. We have sent it out to a bunch of people. They're under no obligation to, to show it in any way, but uh, obviously, you know, we'd we'd feel the love. So, so that's pretty that's pretty cool, I guess. And I, I, I figure after that, we got to jump right into the big topic, right? Yes. Nvidia figures what? You guys
1: have a lot of money. You should buy more merch, I guess. Well, let's talk ab- let's money. talk
0: about this, right? Because what is the rationale here? Okay, so so okay, let's role play. Okay, uh, I'm gonna be Nvidia CEO Jensen Huang. Okay, oh, wow, and you're gonna you be a,
1: fantastically wealthy. You're
0: gonna be a gamer.
1: Okay? You have a beautiful kitchen. You and a nice pl- jacket. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say you haven't even complimented
0: my jacket. Okay, so I'm I'm Nvidia CEO Jensen Huang, and uh, I'm gonna try and sell you on the RTX uh, 4090, which is coming on That's, October 12th.
1: It's going to be hard to do.
0: It looks like it is going to be shockingly fast. Uh, some cool new features, DLSS 3.0. Uh, how, how many freaking CUDA cores does this thing have? I don't know. We don't actually have like a spec, a spec chart here, and I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but... Uh, Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We got some images on the LTT forum. Hey, massive shout out Big Stroons on the LTT forum for posting this. Um, they're saying up to 2x to 3 times the performance of the 30 oh, two to 4 times the performance of the uh, 3090 Ti, uh, 24 gigs of GDDR6 memory. Uh, where's my, where's my CUDA cores at? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Compare 40 series specs. Here we go. Let's just go ahead and show my screen for a minute here. 4090, 16,384 CUDA cores. 2.5 gigahertz boost clock. That's unreal. 384 bit bus, um, three slot card. Yeah, 450 watts with a required system power of 850 watts. That seems optimistic. I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, why wouldn't you want to give me sixteen hundred dollars for it?
1: Well, the power cable and power supply situation is a little sketchy. Okay, but like realistically, you've got sixteen hundred dollars, so just buy another power supply. You just hot swap everything, even if it melts after two hours of gaming.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's not gonna melt. Come on, gamer, be realistic. Didn't that actually happen?
1: Oh, I don't know, maybe. I, I was I was skimming through a Jay's Two Cents video earlier today, and he was talking about how like there the the cable that you need is rated for like thirty plugs or thirty plug cycles. Mm. 30, like 30. Yeah. But like And like he noticed changes. He was sitting there doing it. He noticed it like start to feel different just while he was sitting there doing it like five or ten times. And uh he said that bending the cable like everyone does when they're cable managing their cable will like significantly reduce the life cycle of it. Um it, it just yeah. <sighs> Well, then, I mean, money.
0: You've got sixteen hundred dollars. Okay. So when it wears nah. out, why
1: don't you just buy another one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think it would be extremely hard to convince me right now if I was a buying consumer of graphics cards to buy one of those uh, unless I just hated money compared to what's happening to the used market right now. Okay, but you still haven't answered my question. I mean, why not? Why not just buy a buy a forty
0: ninety? Money. I I mean, you will just go earn more. Ah. What's the matter Do you not have money No Okay because like I, I have lots of money <laughs> So why don't you Have
1: lots of money We should We should uh, You should You should look into An incubator program An
0: incubator program yeah. So yeah. So just to be clear guys We're role playing yes. I'm NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang yeah. And Luke is a gamer Yeah um, I should look into an incubator program, right? But yeah. I'm not the one who needs to figure out how to make more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly. the one who needs to make more money. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. So you should start an incubator program okay, for so other people. Look, look,
0: look, 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 look. Okay, yeah, 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 you yeah. shut up. Yeah. None of that is my problem. Yeah, I have forty nineties to sell. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I've booked all this allocation with TSMC. Well, you screwed
1: over EVGA. No, so no, no. See,
0: I don't want to talk about any some, of that. There's
1: some question marks about.
0: No, I've got, I've got these. Them no, I've got these 4090s to sell. Okay, <laughs> I need sixteen hundred dollars for them. <laughs> so you got to do your part. <laughs> I did my part. I, I built the 4090. I gotta get another job. Yeah. So I, y- y- I feel like that's the least
1: that you could do. <laughs> 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 the least that you could do. What a what a fantastic uh, way to send it off. Um, okay, yeah, so in
0: all seriousness, people are going to buy them. And like, what's the what's the rationale here, though? Like, it was this was okay. Was the design says, of these cards done during you know pandemic era pricing when they when they didn't think that that when they thought they could just
1: spend spend mm-hmm. spend? Is it a, is it a super expensive board? What what's the justification here? Help me. They may have commit to certain things during pandemic era stuff. But most of these designs happen way further out than that, right? Um, um,
0: ah, man, you can be finalizing the
1: board design in the definitely. like months leading yeah, up to launch. Like yeah. there could have been some changes, but I think the like the main goal would have already been established. Um he he does say that chip prices going down is a quote unquote story of the past as wafer costs have increased and Moore's Law dies, which I think is extremely convenient if you are a big fan of leather jackets and an excessively expensive kitchen. Yeah,
0: and the other the other issue with that is that we kind of experienced that with the 30 series, right? Where they went way up in price as uh, as their as the chip shortage chip went on. Real and big. and you know what? It's not like we didn't see news of of chip fabs like TSMC saying hey yeah pricing is going up. That that did happen and it's not like that has unhappened necessarily. Yeah. But the issue is that the actual like sand, the actual GPU itself is a fraction of the total cost of the board. So even if it went up 25%, or even if it went up by double, that doesn't necessarily mean that a top-tier GPU should cost this much more than it did last time around. And honestly, for the alleged, obviously we haven't tested it yet, but for the uh, announced performance of the RTX 4090, um, it's not... It's not that far off as long as you accept the premise that the performance per dollar isn't going to change. Right. If it is that much faster than a 3090 Ti, okay, fair enough. I guess it's not that outlandish. Where we really start to run into trouble is as we make our way down to the 4080 and the um, 4080 12 gig, which is... As far as I can tell, not a 40,80, or even necessarily a 70 class card at all. And I remember us talking about this back when NVIdia launched, I think the first time they pulled this move was with the 680. So you guys will have to go way, way, way back, back in yeah. time with us. Uh, what was the code name of that GPU? Uh, GTX 680 GPU uh, code name. So that would have been Maxwell. was that Maxwell? Uh, I can't even Kepler. Okay, so that GPU was called GK104, and typically the way that NVIDIA names their dies is that you've got G is for GeForce. the The next letter is for the the generation for the architecture. So it's GK for Kepler, and then. Um, You'll have to forgive me. I'm actually not sure exactly what the 10 is. Is that because it's 10 series? Can't remember. That might be the generation or something like that. Anyway, the number I'm really focused on is the last one, the 4. And the way that NVIDIA uh, determines that last number is the lower the number, the bigger the die. So a GK100, um, I can't remember if they had a GK100. So, you'll, again, you'll have to forgive me. It might have been like GK102 or something like that. Uh, GK, they had a 110. There we go. So, 110 would have been the... Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You'll have to forgive me. Where are all the die names? Give me the die names. I need a thing. Here we go. Uh, GK... Mm, GK104 is as low as it went for that one? That doesn't sound right. GTX6. Because what was the uh, what was the seven eighty? 780, uh code name, die. Hold on, come on, come on. Come I think on.
1: 104 was the lowest, and then they just, like, stretched it.
0: Is that right? Because I thought that... No, no, GK110 was the big one. Okay, and I think the second number was because it was, uh like, a, a, a mid-refresh. So, anyway, the point is that GK104, okay, so when they launched the 680... It was a much, much smaller die compared to the preceding 580. And the die size itself was more in line with what you'd expect from a five, it was either, I think it was a 560 like class product. Um, and so what that meant essentially was that NVIDIA had. I mean, to their credit, done such a good job of optimizing the Kepler architecture compared to the preceding Fermi architecture that they could get away with competing with AMD's top-tier product with a mid-range product. So that was, to my knowledge, the first time they took what would ultimately end up being the second-down-tier die design, the smaller die, and got away with branding it as an 80-class product. Then, when they released the uh, the 700 series, which was also Kepler, so that was Kepler again, rather than an actual architectural change, we got to see Big Kepler, and that was the the big the big dog GK110. Um, so that's where you've got that zero at the end. Um, it looks like the numbers are not always that straightforward. So uh, G... Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm not... No, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to dig into any of this. So there was a 208, if I recall correctly. That was like when they did the... Um, I don't know. There was another thing. It doesn't matter. The point is, the lower these numbers, typically the bigger the die. So what we can see here is that when we look at the die code names for the 4000 series, and when we look at the um, the memory bus width, Not only is the 40 is the 80 class getting a step down design with only a 256 bit bus, but the 480 12 gig is actually getting a wimpy 192 bit bus. Um, So, what that seems to suggest is that NVIDIA. Aside from not using like a 70, 80 class die for this supposedly 80 class product is actually using like a 60 product class die. So we're getting like a a much, much, much smaller die. And so the reason that I'm so focused on die size is that that tends to be generation by generation what determines the relative cost. Because that's what you're paying for. So you got your wafer, which is about like yay big. And then the cost per wafer is some cost with all the processes that you have to apply to it in order to turn it into finished chips. Then you slice it up at the end and whichever whichever individual chips do not have egregious problems with them turn into finished products, right? So if, you, if there is a problem on the wafer, uh, wherever the problem is, whatever die that problem sits within is, is ruined. And so your yields are going to be, I mean, almost nobody actually discusses yields, but they'll be somewhere between zero and uh, 100%. And they'll never be 100% because, good luck with that. And they'll never be zero because that wouldn't be a viable product because you wouldn't be able to actually make any of them. So within that wafer, which has some cost, you can either slice it up into a few big chips which also increases the chances of each of those having some kind of error or problem. Or you can slice it up into many small chips, and those are your more budget-oriented products. And if there's errors,
1: they're more contained.
0: Yeah, and so you are going to see wafer costs continue to rise, but even then... What we've seen so far is that that increase in wafer cost has not necessarily resulted in, uh, in, a, in an increase of 50 percent or, or a doubling uh, generation over generation of cost. And you need only look as far as like Intel's, you know, whatever their whatever their their top tier consumer chip is year after year after year, these die sizes have not gotten much, much smaller and their prices have not gotten much much higher they've tended to go up by you know 5 to 10% uh generation by generation not in the same kinds of leaps that Nvidia seems to be targeting here um so i think that aside from just being mad about it though what can we do is the question nothing <laughs> Well, there's a couple of things. You can not buy it. Okay, that's one. Um, and we've seen, based on what's happened with 30 series... Oh, yeah, right. So it comes back to the whole thing that happened with 30 series. Clearly, what drove the increase in price was demand. Excessive demand. Not the cost of building it. I think we can all see that very clearly now.
1: Um, and I, s- I want people to make sure that they don't forget that while uh, retailer pricing and scalper pricing was going up... MSRP was also going up behind it. Yep. So these like, oh, compared to previous MSRP, it's like, yeah, compared to which one? Because this product had MSR creep over time. Yes. So I'm comparing to the launch MSRP of the 30 series, which NVIDIA clearly
0: felt was sustainable. TSMC did hike wafer rates during the, the silicon shortage, which was real and is still real. There
1: are still industries that are affected by chip shortages. There's still, like, uh, massive, massive, massive amounts of trucks and other vehicles just sitting in lots. Absolutely. They don't have
0: chips yet. It's just that high-end <laughs> GPUs is not one of those industries at yeah. the moment. Yeah. So what i'm so the reason i'm comparing to the 30 series at msrp is because i think that's a very reasonable way for us to look at this because 30 series at launch was clearly going to be sustainable and while prices have clearly risen nvidia can clearly sell them at their original msrp which is what they're doing now um I doubt they're taking a loss on them. I suspect that they simply aren't making as much margin on them, but NVIDIA is a public company, so we'll see soon enough if they actually had to write down this inventory or not. And I think that with enough pressure from either competition or from consumers that we will not have to put up with this for an entire generation, but... Or I'd like to think that I I, I suspect seen I'm going to time end up and time wrong.
1: again that consumers have no spine and will buy anything that is offered to them. So I don't think that's actually going to put much pressure on it at all. The only thing that might put pressure there is if it is actually just bad because people will drop whatever. Like you're ne- I don't think we're ever going to be able to pull everyone together and be like, don't buy it because pricing is bad, and we need to like hold out. We need to you know put a boycott on it. I don't think that'll function at all. Um, but if it's, if it's just not a good idea, if it's just a bad deal, whatever, maybe less people will buy it. But seeing how video cards go, uh, I think people are just going to rush out and do it anyways.
0: Now, AMD is announcing RDNA 3 GPUs November 3rd. And I have more hope now that I know the chiplet. Yes, me too, actually. That's actually really cool. Um, AMD has... I had very little hope before I heard that. <laughs> I know. AMD GPUs have just been like a meme. Yeah, for so long, long time. Yeah, really long time. It's been it's been hard to recognize the GPU side of the business as the same company that's been absolutely like slaying the giant on the CPU side. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um but now that I know RDNA 3 is a, a chiplet design, which is exactly what has caused such a thorn in Intel's side, I, I can't help but be kind of excited. I mean, Apple has has kind of shown us has shown us that a multi multi component GPU with a high speed interconnect can work. Yeah. I mean, uh, what what is it? Which I I can't I hate their naming scheme so much, but it would be the M1 Pro Max or whatever whatever the whatever the top tier uh, Ultra I I don't know <laughs> no whatever idea. the top tier M1 chip is oh, has essentially two. Kind of separated GPU die areas with an interconnect between them. That's that's to my knowledge never been done before, uh, because of all. The, I mean, it's the same issue that caused micro stuttering in SLI, because those GPUs need to have such high speed links between them in order to uh, in order to share data in such a way that they can uh, that they can operate without micro stutter. That it, it just wasn't, it just hasn't been feasible. But Apple did it. AMD has a chiplet design that clearly they're confident enough in to release. And RDNA 3 looks pretty good from what we've seen of it so far. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, Grave PCMR on Twitch says, People need to stop bashing AMD GPUs. They are great and a better value than NVIDIA GPUs. Linus, you're hopelessly biased.
1: <laughs> Hold on. Let me come back with some great AMD GPUs. One moment, please. Okay, okay, okay. There are some, they exist, they exist. I expect it's not actually a joke. I suspect he might actually bring one back. Um, It's probably gonna be really old because we do have like an area of the storage, which is actually quite close to us, which is like really old school GPUs. And he's gonna have to go back into the vault to pull one of these out. He might have to dust it off a little bit. I hope we have a brush, Um, but you know, (laughs) 290 and 290x yeah 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 yeah. featured in scrapyard wars maybe those will come up we'll see um other things to talk about i think he's going to want to be here for pretty much everything um and i don't think i have enough time to talk about video game donkey and his big mode publisher uh but we'll talk about that later
2: do you want a question luke i have one for you sure let's do it last week you shared that you are scuba certified yeah have you been anywhere cool or have yes. plans to go anywhere cool that's from anon
1: sure um I've been to a few places. My favorite one was uh, Green Island in Taiwan, which it's going to have a different name if you can speak uh, Taiwanese, I guess. But I know it as Green Island. The diving there was absolutely fantastic. Really, really awesome. There's one place uh, we went. I don't remember how deep it was. I'm sorry. It's been, it's been a few years because we haven't been able to travel. Um, but I, I used to go to Taiwan every year. But yeah, it, it, the dive brought us through two opposing currents. So as we were going down, there's one current that went this way, and then there's another current that this w- went this way, and then there was a valley between two like underwater mountain things, and there was reef everywhere and tons of fish, and it was it was absolutely beautiful. Loved it. All right. Oh, I yeah. Okay. Okay. No one saw those because those all went to went to mining.
0: Let us not forget. Let us not forget the truly amazing best-selling product that was. Oh man. The. Oh, Radeon Vega 64 water-cooled edition. It wasn't even vaporware at all. Yeah, this product definitely actually existed. I remember <laughs> I remember a whole thing where I was like, I, I was like, yeah, you know, we've been using a lot of, like, NVIDIA GPUs in our builds lately. And I, I went on Newegg, like, like, mid-life cycle for this product. And I was like, Oh, yeah, like, what's their, what's their like, pricing like? Has it settled in a little bit since launch when it wasn't competitive at all? And there was literally one vendor that had, like, one SKU for for Vega 64. And uh, of that SKU, you know how you can just, like, key in the quantity that you want to buy, and it'll correct you if they don't have enough? They had, like, three in stock. And this was on Newegg.com. Functionally, these things didn't exist. Uh, big big f big didn't, fail didn't Vega big 64
1: fail. non-water cooling exist but they like all went to miners that was my understanding
0: uh, Vega 56 kind of existed oh, okay. but even for that one you know, you'd go on newegg.com and they'd have literally like 25 in stock mm. and on any g4 sku individual sku they would have more than that in stock to give you some idea of what the sales disparity was guys i'm, I'm i don't make the rules here i'm i'm just informing you and let it and let us not forget let us not forget the Radeon 7 <laughs> I think I think they actually did make 7 of them <laughs> I was going to say I don't even know if I've seen this uh this was a product that as far as anyone could tell was a data center GPU that they like I don't know had some extras of or something and they did one run of them and then it just quietly freaking disappeared. Like, okay, are we ever gonna are we ever gonna talk about Radeon 7 again? Oh no. Alright, no problem. Guys, look, I don't I don't make this stuff up. This is just it's just a reality. I'm sorry. I'm sorry um it's it it, no i i'm not i'm not a
1: fanboy. i'm just i've just been doing this a long time i'm just jaded i'm jaded and cynical r9 280 really solid uh nine nine years ago the r9
0: 280
1: was a re-release of a of a gpu that they had already released like two years prior wasn't it pretty good price and performance though well yeah like uh you know Nine years ago, yeah, I was it nine. I think it was nine years ago. I know I just said that twice, but I, I think. Well, so. the R nine two eighty was announced at the Hawaii launch, where yeah. the
0: only, if I recall correctly, the only actual new card was the ninety class cards, and then the eighty was just a rebranded seventy nine seventy, if I recall.
1: And then didn't they rebrand it again as the three eighty? It's been so long, I don't really remember any of this. I just remember the price performance was pretty solid, and people would sell them used for like. Nothing guy in Matt asks, did those Fury GPUs exist? That was
0: yet another essentially vaporware AMD high end GPU. They've released these high end products that have been not competitive, and then because they're not competitive, nobody's actually buying them. Like, you got the weird, like, all team red fanboy builds, yeah, and that's it. And so, you can't get board partner support for them because when you do a run of boards, like, you're talking thousands tens of thousands not like a few hundred you do not build a few hundred graphics cards it's not a thing so it just why and why would you why would you go and buy thousands of something that you know is obsolete before you even build it other than to just do a favor for amd um there are exceptions yeah 5700 xt yeah strong card polaris yeah polaris was solid uh, it's so funny to hear people talking about RX 580. RX 580 is RX 570, or, or 480, excuse me. Um, 470 is 480 and, uh, 570, 470 is 570 and 480 is 580. They're, they're essentially the same thing. It's like, it's like a firmware update, uh, Sumkin says a 7970 mind me 15 bitcoins 10 years ago. So hey hey did you trade those for a pizza or did you actually hold on to them? Uh Linus is just focusing on the high end, which they've not done much with in the last few years. Yeah, because they couldn't. You don't think they wanted to? <laughs> Everyone likes selling high-end GPUs. It's also, a good
1: time. I think the main ones that we've been talking about today have been uh 480. Sorry, 4080, 4070. 4090. So we're talking about high-end cards.
0: Yeah, of course we're talking about high-end cards. Um, But yeah, so I I forget why I was talking about AMD. Oh, yeah, right, because I'm actually hopeful for RDNA 3. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Uh, It seems like over the last couple of years, they've really settled down in terms of their driver development. Uh, I still, I really need to try it. I haven't tried it yet, but apparently their hardware encoding has gotten a lot better, which is a big one for me. Like AMD and NVIDIA, AMD could be 10% better price to performance than NVIDIA. And if they don't have good hardware, H.264 encoding, or I mean, failing that, AV1, well, until OBS supports AV1, I guess I don't care. But until they have solid hardware encoding, I'm just, I'm not going to do it because on the occasion that I do stream, I'm not going to want to suck up CPU cycles. Um, But if they have it Man Like What do you stream? I'm excited for a viable alternative What do you stream? I've streamed Beat Saber
1: Yeah is that hard Anno. to stream?
0: Beat Saber Well yeah You don't want to suck up CPU cycles When you're in VR
1: Yeah It
0: matters more than you'd think Because if I get
1: a stutter I get sick That's Fair enough Okay. For real. And Anno is actually can be actually pretty heavy once you're far into games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. So the discussion. OBS around... already supports AV1 encoding. I didn't actually know that. Sorry? Someone in chat said OBS already supports AV1 encoding. Really? Since OBS 28. Oh, well, that's exciting. I
0: didn't know that. But that leads us perfectly into our discussion question here. So the big winner, this is, it's in here as like a question. I added this. In my opinion, Intel. Because what it looks like is if we look at last-gen games, because the the 2 to 4x faster, well, that's for next-gen games with, like, DLSS 3 and stuff.
1: NVIDIA does this every single launch, get used to
0: it. So when they say last-gen games, we're expecting only 1.5 to 1.6 times faster, which means that your price per FPS looks like it's actually not really changing that much. Essentially, they're, taking, they're doing the same thing they did with the uh, the 20 series where they're taking the existing lineup and they're basically just going, yeah, however that performed, we're going to put these new cards higher. Exactly like, in, exactly in line, line with the pricing yeah. of the last generation instead of accounting for that they like have actually gone down in cost for them for FPS per dollar, but don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So if they do that, I think the big winner is Intel because if they built a product that was supposed to compete fps per dollar with 30 series then it still competes then it might still actually compete it'll That's a good be point. it'll be a lower end product than it would have been in terms of how far away it is from the top of the line in the market but that doesn't mean that it won't be a totally valid and relevant product at the price that you know luke the gamer who doesn't want to get another job so he can buy a gpu can actually afford Big winner. Yeah. Potentially Intel.
1: I also like, I don't know. I often have cheaper tastes than a lot of people, but a 70 series or is a, a 70 whatever, a 4070 starting at 900 is a lot. <laughs> like, a lot. That's a ton of money. What, what Like, I know this is long, long, long time ago, but weren't we looking at like, 400 like it's over doubled in the last 10 years right oh yeah yeah That's oh yeah a huge portion 900 bucks when you're looking at gaming builds now that are pretty solid for the majority of games that people play for like a a mid-range gamer that are around the price of your graphics card
0: mm-hmm.
1: like i i helped i helped a buddy spec out a computer recently didn't have a huge budget. We priced it in at, I think, about 1000 or 1100 something like that. Like, it's always it's an okay amount of money. It's not a massive budget, though. It's going to do pretty good. It's pretty darn close to the price of the entire graphics card. And that, he's going to be completely fine. He already has the computer. He is completely fine yep. in, like, almost everything people play. Like, sure, he's not cranking Star Citizen, but there's, like, 40 people that play. So, that's, a, that's actually not true. They passed $500. 500 million dollars in funding yeah so. that's in the windock. is it really yeah we'll talk about it yeah wow the 8800 gtx
0: which came out in 2004 msrp
1: 599 us 8800 that was a and that was sick the card that
0: was the top tier yeah. until they released a mid-cycle refresh 8800 ultra that was just an overclocked 8800 GTX. It was, it was essentially the same thing. And so we can't really- That was a wicked time. We can't time really compare computers. this to a 4080. And the reason for that is that it's not an apples to apples, die to die comparison. The 8800 GTX was a 384 bit memory bus, large die part. So really, from like a die area standpoint, the equivalent would be the 4090. Yeah, which is coming in at sixteen hundred dollars, which is somewhere up about two and what does that work out to? About two and a half x the price. Now, if we go and we play, let's play inflation calculator. All right, because that's certainly been a thing. Inflation calculator USD. All Especially right, a here. Lot lately. come on, come ha- come hang with me, you guys. Let's play with the USD inflate. Okay, so if in two thousand four uh I purchased an item for 5.99 then in 2002 calculate $939 <laughs> so it's entirely oh sorry guys it's entirely um believable that you could pay $939 for a top tier GPU today that wouldn't seem too surprising no that me. that wouldn't be that wouldn't be that surprising to me at all so that's the actual price that they've come in with for the <clears throat> 47 excuse me sorry ah the 40, 80, 12 gig, which is, by the way, like a mainstream tier part in terms of die area. But there's one problem with that argument that NVIDIA is making that, well, semiconductors, uh, electronics are getting more expensive. And that's every other um, electronics thing. Electronics is like this magic. it, It like has inflationary armor or something. Like, look at what the cost of a TV is compared yeah. to it was in, to what it was in 2004. It's actually crazy cheap. It's wild. And, and this, is, this is another thing. TVs, TV manufacturers are under a lot of the same
1: pressures that silicon manufacturers are. Except there's more competition in their space compared to Mr. GPU team that has no one against them effectively right now. Exactly. That's the problem.
0: As you try to build bigger and bigger TVs, the fabs get bigger and more complex. As you try to cram in more pixel density, you have to deal with far higher complexity, far lower yields. Failure rates. Consumer consumer demands have gotten much, much more stringent. People used to accept that you could have up to five to seven dead pixels. Dead pixels, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, they'll just take it back. One dead pixel, no, you're done. You're done, you're out. You're out. And reliability has become much more of a challenge. I suspect that LG does more warranty replacement of their OLED TVs than they probably did of their, the previous technologies that they focused on, just because of the nature of OLED. And if you run it at full brightness all the time with static imagery, it is going to wear out within the warranty period, which I don't think was a problem that they necessarily faced before. Yeah. So all So these other electronics industries are under a lot of the same pressures. And yet it's a very different result.
1: Yep, I'm uh very much hoping for other teams. I was already really hoping for Intel, and I know I'm saying this for like the fourth time this show, but the whole chiplet thing has me stoked for, uh, for AMD's new offerings as well. We'll see how it goes. I uh... one of
0: our other discussion questions, actually, before we wrap this up, and we will soon, but one of our other discussion questions is how much of this is NVIDIA strategy? How much of this is higher pricing so that they can just get rid of the of the rumored Enormous stockpile of thirty series cards that they have sitting there because they overproduced for
1: a mining boom that busted. So, like making it not an improvement in price performance is strategic. Yeah, because they actually do not want because you to buy forty series. Sitting on inventory is expensive.
0: Yeah, so this way they don't have to mark down their thirty series as much, unless AMD sees a moment of weakness, drop something big, and decides to. They've twist done the knife. it before. I've
1: done it before.
0: I'd like to see it. That'd be sweet. So here's my idea. I think that following just our, you know, vanilla review of the RTX 4000 or whatever when that comes out, following that, I kind of want to do a deeper dive into RTX 4000 versus RTX 3000 plus Arc as a dedicated AV1 encoding coprocessor. And specifically, I would want to look at it from like a
1: streaming standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd have to.
0: I think that would be, that would be sick.
1: That'd be sweet. I, I have always loved mixed team GPU setups. I remember way back in the day, you did some video in the house about running AMD and NVIDIA cards I had together.
0: SLI and Crossfire yeah, 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 in yeah. the
1: same computer. Like that was cool. That was so stupid. Ridiculous. But it was cool that it like functioned.
0: Yeah, it was That was pretty dumb, so the idea was that, depending on whether the game was better optimized for Nvidia or for AMD, (laughs) You could switch which (laughs) primary GPU your monitor was plugged into. (laughs) Get the best of all worlds. Oh, by the way, I hope your GPUs don't need to breathe because they're all (laughs) a
1: solid brick installed in your PCIe slots. I'm pretty sure we didn't water cool it, so, very cool. Um... But yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the GPU world gets turned on in its head because it's been pretty frustrating for a while now. CPU was frustrating for a longer period of time and then got solved. Yeah. Maybe AMD can solve it again. I'd like to see it solved. Uh, we also need a solution to Logitech thinking that their G
0: Cloud <laughs> handheld has any reason for existing. Uh, you know, I, I heard through the grapevine that some kind of Logitech gaming handheld was coming,
1: uh, quite some time ago. Uh, I was going to say it's it must have been quite some time ago because the, the planning for this must have started before they heard about Steam Deck. <laughs> it must have. It has to. I did not know
0: that it was going to be a cloud gaming device. Cloud, so that's, that's the name of a product, which won't get confusing when you're trying to look up information about it at all. Cloud mm. requires a cloud, but not capitalized. Subscription service sold separately to work as intended Holy shit. Good luck Logitech such as Nvidia GeForce now or Xbox Game Pass the specs Snapdragon 720G Woo! G- so fast G is for so powerful G whiz this sure is a mainstream tier product mm. OctaCore CPU 1080p Okay IPS. IPS 450 nits. Okay. 60 hertz. That's 12 hours battery life. Oh my god. Who worked on this product page? This is the fresh rate. We so fresh. Wait, does it say say fresh rate? It says fresh rate. That F is capitalized. It's not cut off. That's
1: awesome. The fresh rate. That is so sick. 60 Hertz, yo.
0: (laughs) Fresh rate.
1: (laughs) You need another wrapping video. Prince here. It's been too long. No,
0: I do not. Uh, I do not need that. Ah, uh, stereo speaker. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It's either a mono speaker or stereo speakers. You cannot have it both ways. Uh, Bluetooth 5.1. Digital USB-C headphone support. Uh, um, That's still analog. Man, I don't want to be that guy, but come on you guys. It comes battery, with a power adapter in the box, that's sick. Battery watt hours. Wait, what battery well, I mean, yes, that is the unit, but like the unit goes after here, and you would just say battery capacity, you wouldn't say battery grams <laughs> and then ninety grams, you would <laughs> really, you guys
1: they they also i I also enjoy that say they say battery watt hours, and then they put watt hours again, but abbreviated in the spec, team redundant team.
0: Yeah. There's um, reviews on the website. Yeah, I got to read these because it has five stars. And let me put it this way. I don't think if we released this product on LTTstore.com, it would have five stars. Because we, assuming they're not like spam or abusive, do not curate the reviews yeah. on our site. Have you looked at the was this review helpful ratings? Oh, hold on a second. Floatplane is uh, Floatplane is talking about TF cards. Do they seriously say it has... Oh my god! It has TF card expansion. When's the last time you heard microSD
1: called TransFlash? Like, I think like 2008. I'm not even kidding. It's been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Again, no offense. Like to be
0: clear, I think Logitech builds a lot of great products. Oh yeah, love definitely. A I nice have personally received, even going fantastic. back before before I was like scary to not give good service to, I've received amazing customer service from Logitech. Logitech's one of my favorite brands. Mad respect for Logitech. This product page is atrocious. This ain't it, chief. Okay, um, uh, yeah, so
1: jump to the reviews or, sh- or share my screen I'm with you. I'm jumping to the reviews. Let's go. Look at the was this review helpful section. A
0: no-brainer. For the new wave in gaming. No, Luke, I need to read these. This is a no-brainer. I don't think no-brainer
1: means what you think it means. These feel like they were written by a commission-based retail store employee. No-brainer. Because your brain, it fell out.
0: It fell <laughs> completely fell out. Out through your ear. I was hesitant because of the need for constant Wi-Fi. But the world is only going more and more cloud-based. So you gotta get, get in now. You
1: gotta get You're on gonna the regret train. Not having RTX, I
0: took a couple days to really think about it and realize it's a no-brainer. Applause for Logitech pushing the technology culture forward. That specific wording, I love. And looking forward to reviewing this as well. So you didn't review it. You just want the technology
1: culture pushed forward. Thank you, Cyrus L. All right, next up, we've got Martin. Cyrus, if you don't include something about the technology culture being pushed forward in your actual review, I'm going to be very disappointed. Logitech got it right.
0: This is the definitive, perfect answer to a gap in the market that leverages unique opportunities that are booming in the last years. Handheld PC companions and cloud gaming incredible offering from Logitech to surf on that product line seems with a perfect answer. Looking forward to see how it has actually been executed. Only question right now, and then it ends.
1: Uh, Okay, no. There's a tiny space after the M that you can click click on.
0: Why no SIM or eSIM slot? Well, because that would be terrible. And then they answer their own question. Yeah, oh, but with the huge data consumption of cloud gaming, that would probably destroy your data plan in two days. Yes, that's it.
1: Also, the latency sucks. Like, there's no way you'd so, want to play on mobile. So, whatever employee wrote these added an FAQ at the end of one of their reviews, which is good. Dylan S says, I don't know, man. Please
0: release in the UK, please. Uh-huh. And Kevin S, this is my personal favorite, it's American made.
1: Yeah. Is no, it, it isn't.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, this device is a great new addition to the world of gaming. Is it? It has all the features you could look for in it. Okay, I think we need to examine this wording very closely. It has all the features that you could look for in it. So if you could look for the feature in it, then it has it. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) And finally, (laughs) it does, and I quote, everything Everything right. right."
1: (laughs) Okay, look at the Was This Review Helpful?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. These these people, supposed people, are getting absolutely slayed by the, the thumbs up and thumbs down which ratings. Is, which
1: is very interesting to me because the Logitech Got Everything Right by Martin has 65 dislikes. Yep. If there was that many dislikes, you'd think that someone would click the write a review button and write a negative review. But there is only five star reviews. Yeah. So are they filtering it so that you can only see? I have an idea. I'm going to write a review. I think it has to be a five star one to show up, but we well, can, we'll we can find do out. We'll find out.
0: I'm going to do a two star because I, you know, I don't want to be overly negative. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with title. Logitech has their work cut out for them. To be clear, I don't want this to be spam, right? Like I'm not. Yeah, you should We're never writing leave a, a real spam review. review. Yes, agreed. And and I'm not going to misrepresent it. I'm not going to act like I own
1: it. I don't think you need to, so that's okay.
0: But if Logitech's line, okay, if Logitech's line is that you have to be a verified purchaser, then okay, fair enough. No, it's not. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if that's the line, then fine. That's where the line is. But then you need to be consistent. Then the people leaving it five-star reviews should also have their reviews wiped out, right?
1: I think verified reviewer means purchaser. Yeah,
0: so some of them are, some of them aren't. Yeah, exactly. And, And to be clear, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, your moderation will be perfect. Like I promise you, there are reviews on LTT store from people who didn't buy it that are positive that we didn't remove because usually it's just a case of nobody flagged it to us. Like it wasn't so egregiously spam that it, it, that it didn't get flagged. Uh, But what that means is that the way our system works is things go up by default and then are pulled down. So what we're testing right now is to see if a reasonable, Balanced review. One word that where I didn't buy it, but neither did some of the other people. Will make it through to their site. Um, so do you want to do you want to do another topic or oh do you want to do sponsor spots while I type up my sure. review? Sure. Yeah, the, let's do it, and then the you'll cloud. read it to us when you're done. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Okay. Thanks to Mint Mobile for sponsoring today's show. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just fifteen bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. Nope, there isn't one. Seriously, Mint Mobile has premium plans from just fifteen bucks a month. No tier contracts or opening your bill to find all of these crazy fees. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, family started just two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com slash wanshow. That's mintmobile.com slash wanshow. Seriously, you'll make your wallet really happy at mintmobile.com slash wancho. Thanks to Collide for sponsoring today's show. The challenge with endpoint security has always been that it's difficult to scale, and when remote work took over, that challenge got exponentially harder. You need visibility into your fleet of devices in order to meet security goals and reduce service desk tickets. But how do you do that when visibility in different parts of your company run on Mac, Windows, and Linux? Well, you get Collide. Clyde is an endpoint security solution that gives IT teams a single dashboard for all devices, regardless of their operating system. Clyde also gives you real-time access to your fleet's data and can do things that traditional MDMs just can't. And instead of installing intrusive agents or locking down devices, Clyde takes a user-focused approach that communicates security recommendations to your employees directly on Slack. You can answer every question ever about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. So visit Clyde.com WAN to find out how. If you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash WAN. Thanks to Hetzner for sponsoring today's show. Hetzner is one of the leading hosting provider and data center operators in Europe with hundreds of thousands of servers in operation. By combining its strengths in innovative technology, attractive prices, expert support, and flexible customer service, Hetzner has expanded its market both within and outside of Europe. They operate their very own high-tech data centers in Nuremberg and Falkenstein, both located in Germany and in Helsinki, Finland. Hedsner offers high-performance cloud servers for an amazing price, and with their latest location in Ashburn, Virginia, you can deploy cloud servers in four different locations and benefit from features like load balancers, block storage, and more. So deploy a cloud server in seconds using Hetzner by clicking the link in the show notes. Um, also, another one, I'm going to get him a little bit more time. LTT
1: Store, deal of the week. Get four Elemental Shirts for only 50 bucks. The discount is applied automatically at checkout. You can mix and match at your own will. I believe you could even get four of the same one if you're into that type of thing. I know a few people that just like having the same stuff all the time, so you could do that. Um, so check it out. Yeah, lttstore.com, Elemental Shirts. They're good quality shirts, and four for fifty is a really good price.
2: There's also the LTT cargo shorts.
1: Oh dang! Yeah, go buy. I heard about that earlier, but I didn't know that was actually like a thing.
2: They are. It's on the store right now. Whoa. Whoa.
1: Cool. We're looking at, uh, I think, Riley's junk right now, sort of. Sorry, Riley, but you're Do wearing Do you want the to share shorts. your screen? Yeah, why not? That that's not it. Uh, hey, there's Riley. Yeah, I Ooh, don't necessarily know what nice. to say about them, but they look good. Uh, oh, there's
0: there's lots of cool things to say about them. Actually, they have magnetic flaps.
1: Oh, that's pretty. Cool. But
0: they're like 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 flat magnets, so they don't like show a lot. Um, yeah, you can't really tell. I don't think. Yeah, I think yeah. you
1: can sort of see it right there, but not really. Not much. It looks like a design feature, if anything.
0: Yep. Um, they're super comfy. Uh, in my opinion, they look great and I, I like magnets. <laughs> what else could I say?
1: Very cool. Yeah. Two so percent spandex, so they got a little bit of the, little bit of stretch. little bit of the stretchy. That's yep. good.
0: But not a not a ton. You're not gonna feel like you're wearing you like yoga want... yoga shorts or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Don't, exactly. don't really want that. Seven useful pockets. Is there back pockets?
0: Oh man, I forget. I'm pretty sure.
1: I'm someone's, pretty sure there's someone's back pockets. Butt in here. Probably. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there's a back pocket. Riley. Cool.
0: Heck yeah, right? Lots of different sizes.
1: Get the phone in there. Oh, that's a good way of showing that off. Yeah. Oh, clever. love it. Screwed every bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Cool. I yeah, worked on these. Oh, for a long time. is that intentional? It's like a pocket for yeah, of headphones. Of course. Very cool. Of course. Very cool. It's
0: always intentional. Very always cool. intentional, sir.
2: Sweet. Oh my god. Yeah. Did he There's tuck shorts. his
0: t shirt into cargo shorts? I think he did. <sighs> what a boss. Yeah, All right. He's a winner. All right, yeah. He's a winner. All right, so let's go back to my screen here. He wins the dad games. I have written my review. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Oh, well, here, I just, we'll just go to me. Uh, score two stars. Um, title, Logitech has their work cut out for them. Here's my review. The challenge for Logitech here is not that I feel there is a lack of demand for a cloud streaming handheld, I look forward to being hands-on, and my expectations for the quality of the control and the display are very high, given Logitech's reputation for building excellent peripherals. However, it feels like this product was conceptualized and designed at a time when competing gaming handhelds were not yet available, and it's a major problem for Logitech that there are other devices for $50 to $100 more that can not only game via cloud services, but also locally due to their much more powerful hardware. So it may not be bad, but it's awkwardly positioned. At $150, I could see it making sense, but that would require aggressive cost savings on the bomb, so that could, oh, on the bomb, comma, which could hurt the experience and make it feel cheap and ultimately reflect poorly on the Logitech brand. It feels like a device that just doesn't have a place at the price it costs to build. Use your name, Linus Sebastian, email linustechtips@gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and post. So it looks like that did, in fact, go up. And all that remains to be seen is whether it stays. Oh, no, it didn't. Oh, crap, you guys missed this. Mine went up for a second. Yeah, I never saw it. And then I refreshed and it was gone. Yeah, it's not there for me. Okay. So what we've confirmed then is that whatever There's some
1: form of filtering. Either they all
0: have to be manually approved or... It's only five star or something. Whatever other good things that Logitech has done, they are clearly suppressing um, real feedback on this product in a way that I'm
1: not like a super huge fan of. Obviously, you don't want spam. There is there is. people will, if you have it completely open, people will post things that are not okay to have on your website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, you do need some form of filtering, to be fair. I just find it extremely suspicious that with this much negative interaction, like the yeah. 70 dislikes on one of these reviews, that there are zero reviews that have any form of real negative content in them, or don't rate it five stars. Yeah. That's super, super, super sus.
2: People are saying the reviews button is gone from the main page now, so you can't even get to the review page.
1: Really? What? What? It's there for me. That doesn't seem right. Yeah,
0: I I I saw it. Me. I was able to navigate away and I was able to go to it again. I've even been like I'm in the process of typing a five-star review. Oh. It's amazing that Logitech has seen the future and built this product. It's like they're looking into my mind and seeing what I want and building it before I can even think of it.
1: Uh, Logitech, thank you for bringing I didn't know I've been waiting this waiting <laughs> for this my whole life.
0: Oh, thank you for bringing the cloud future to the present. Uh, I only just now realized I have been waiting for this product my whole life use your name Luke <laughs> Esquire darn it um I'll take it <laughs> okay let's go let's go okay you guys ready you guys ready let's post let's see okay Luke e here uh, I love this thing okay refresh it's it's gone. And it's gone. So it's got to be manual. But I can review. subscribe to Logitech G. So yeah, it appears it's to be, be manual review. Let's see if anyone from Logitech watches Wan Show and if they accidentally let the Luke Esquire review through. You guys are going to keep an
1: eye on this for us, right? <laughs> you need to. Yeah. So I think someone's going to tip someone off at Logitech. Oh, uh, probably. Apparently, the Canadian site has no review option, but the U.S. site does. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just a bummer. The sixty-four gig Steam Deck is three ninety-nine, and you can easily look at the sixty-four gig Steam Deck and go, "Yeah, that's not enough storage. It's a stupid device." But it, but then the Logitech cloud.
1: one doesn't have any storage. Yeah, so you could have some. So yeah, could
0: so, have some local games. It's better than nothing, which yeah. is what it's competing against at this price point. Like Steam Deck pricing is wild. Valve basically came in, slapped
1: their gigantic deck on the table, and we're like. Yeah,
0: we're just like not going to make money.
1: So because we talked about a lot at the launch that the that the deck was very aggressively priced. I, I
0: saw people complaining about the pricing. I was like, "Are you? Have you lost your
1: yeah. your pickles?" We've said it's since like, the very beginning that the pricing of the deck was very aggressive. And so this I shows could see you. I could see. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, Logitech's got some crappy, anemic Snapdragon 720G in here, and they still have to put it on fifty-dollar promo or whatever to to get within within, like, a reasonable shot of what uh, Valve is doing with the deck. Snapdragon 720G, when did that come out? Announced on January twenty in 2020. Because here, here's the
1: thing. If the deck didn't exist, what would you think of this pricing? Might be all right. Yeah. Yeah, because looking
0: at what Windows handhelds from companies that are not able to subsidize with 30% Steam game revenue, right? Like uh I and Neo has the uh the air which is like what starts at like 650 bucks so yeah it costs half as much probably like feels pretty good but only does like cloud streaming
1: i mean which i know can of get, people there's some cloud subscriptions i don't like them but there's some cloud subscriptions that get you a lot of games yeah and there's P- there's people who bought ps Vita's basically exclusively
0: to stream from their playstation Yep, that's a thing that that yep. that, that is a use case where they're only even going to use it at home right and mm-hmm. if I was only using this thing at home, yeah, yeah. At that price, like I, st- it would still be one of those weird
1: curiosity, like in between products to me. For sure. Where, but it, but the pricing—if the deck didn't exist, I would not have been surprised. I wouldn't have said the same thing that I said about the deck. Like, whoa, the pricing here is so crazy. Blah yeah. blah, blah blah. But I would have been like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I, a... I get it. Yeah.
0: It's a screen. It's got a motherboard in. It. They have to pay back the R and D cost a,
1: somehow. A low volume product. Yeah. Like. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. A I don't hard know. agree. But in a world where the deck does exist, this is a little out to lunch. Uh, in a world where merch messages exist,
0: there's a lot of uh, sending super chats and Twitch bits is out to lunch. So you guys, if you want to send a merch message, all you got to do, head over to LTTstore.com. Uh, check out either the Elemental t-shirt deal. So we're doing four t-shirts for 50 US dollars. They're basically the only shirts we have in stock right now because, um, long story short, we were A, not able to get product consistently from American Apparel, and B knew that we were not able to get product consistently from American apparel. So we've been working on our own branded shirts for quite some time. Um, And so we've kind of allowed our American apparel shirts to kind of (laughs) go away. Uh, Also, we launched Screwdriver, which sold like 60,000 units or 50,000 units in the first week or something like that. So we obviously, alongside those orders, sold a lot of t-shirts. So there's like, it's a a t-shirt wasteland on the site, except for good old Elemental. Our worst-selling design, except when we do promos for Elemental. You know what's really funny is, like, a
1: lot of mornings I actually grab the Elemental shirt.
0: Just like, yeah, it's they're of, solid. Yeah, it's it's, it's just
1: as it's the same blank, so it's just as comfy as all the other ones. Yep. And it's just just simple
0: LTT logo. Yeah. Got four different colors. So guys, check them out. You can get four Elemental shirts, and so it works out to like thirteen dollars each or something like that. Um, like less than that, like twelve fifty each or something. And then we also obviously launched Cargo Shorts. So either your message will show down here if you want to do like a shout-out for your mom or your friends, assuming your mom and your friends watch WAN show. I mean, I don't
1: know. My mom does. Yeah, hey, there you Hi, go. Mom. uh mom.
0: So you can do a shout-out or you can uh, uh, ask a simple question and our producer, Jake Bellavance, can answer. Oh, uh, the producer cam is not pointed at you, Jake.
2: Good. It's so you can't sneak up on me. Oh, I see. <laughs>
0: Oh, did you do that on purpose? (laughs) Anyway, uh, so so uh, Bell might answer you, and then your answer will show up down there. Or if you have like a more complicated thing, then he might throw it to us. Uh, So you just uh, go. You can look in the checkout on LTTStore.com. You'll see a field to fill out. So that's what we do instead of super chats, instead of um, like Twitch, whatever. However, people throw money at people on Twitch. All right, what did you want to talk about next? Um. Oh, yeah, and we're going to, we'll we'll answer Super Chats.
1: Super Chats, dang it.
0: We'll answer merch messages wow. at the end of the show. Wow. So people had complained about there being too much merch messages interspersed. I
1: want to know more about this. Linus Tech Tips Espanol.
0: Oh, this is so Talk exciting. Talk about it, because
1: I, I, I heard Grapevine stuff about this in the past, but I didn't know this was actually, like, happening now. Oh, yes. So, Ed.
0: Yeah has been uh, putting some serious business work into LTT en Espanol. And let's go ahead. I'm sorry, I do not speak Spanish. I I don't even pretend to speak any Spanish. So my accent is surely atrocious. But let's go ahead and pop this bad boy up here. I believe my audio should be working. but Or or here, I'll walk you through what you're about to see first, and then I'll show it to you. We're taking the original video. Okay, so in this case, it's a clip from, uh, I forget which one, but it doesn't matter. The point is, this is a very, very short video clip, but we've actually done it on a much, much longer video, and it it does scale. I believe the video that you're going to see it come out on first is the dash cam video that we did recently. And what it what we're doing is we are using uh, like a like a voice to text service to transcribe the input audio to English, so then we get an English version of the script. Then obviously there needs to be a little bit of cleanup. We are then taking that English text and using like AI natural language translation to translate it into Spanish text, which is all like, yeah, and. Right, like you've been able to use Google Translate to do that for an awful long time at this point. Okay, now here's where things get really wild. Next stage is a text-to-speech with an AI-generated voice that not only creates the voice from absolutely nothing, but attempts to handle the timing
1: of the delivery. Okay. So I still think that has problems with uh, emotion, right? Uh, it tries.
0: Okay, wow. Okay. It tries, but um, it's it's tough. So the next stage, hold on a second. Is this the one where he sent it? Yeah, cool. So you can watch along with us if you want because I have this right here. So you can just take that and then you can watch while we're watching. Maybe okay. just turn your audio on away from that. Uh, not, not yet though, not yet. So after okay. we create the AI-generated voice version, the robot voice gets naturalized with AI into a recording from a voice actor's voice, like into, into an, another voice that's based on a recording from a voice actor. But that's just like a voice print recording. Oh, okay, so it's not a voice actor who read the script. No, there's no voice actor involved at any stage in this process. Then, this is wild. After the whole process is done... We find any sentences where the timing of the delivery is not quite right. Um, You know, with like a, you know, uh, you're going to see in this, there's like a punch in. And so the delivery is like kind of timed weird and we can spot fix it ourselves by just yakking into a microphone. Like the editor could just like do their best Spanish impression at their desk. And then it would, we'd use the same AI voice editing, uh, process to turn instead of the robot voice into the actor's voice, our editor's voice into the actor's voice, for hopelessly, hopelessly, hopefully, a seamless viewing experience. Now, all that okay. sounds pie in the sky. Sure does. Um, Loudface Bob says this seems incredibly overcomplicated. Well, what else, How else would you do
1: it? You'd have to, have to hire someone.
0: Yeah, you'd you'd have to hire. Like I can actor. tell you right now. Managing a team of translators and voice actors, also complicated. (laughs) Like, yes, it's complicated, but what it also could be is scalable. Um, And yes, cleanup is required in the translation as well. So, this sounds like it's going to be a disaster, says Squidvorb. All right. Um, You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay uh hopefully you guys have my audio here but you're gonna see each step that i just described one after the other after the other uh so ready luke why don't we press go at the same time here Uh, do you have audio Um, double check that's probably adjusting ringer volume oh no you're good okay three two one let's go oh people are saying they can't hear it Bell I thought we checked this
1: uh I heard it get wrecked audience um <laughs> loser I see I see
0: levels so what's the deal with that I thought we, yeah. We have no... Can you check the OBS advanced audio properties or whatever and make sure it's actually taking that source? Sorry, guys. I mean, I guess we've kind of spoiled it a bit now. It was supposed to be all impressive and stuff.
1: I want to, like, talk about it, but I I need to... I'm going to not until you guys can see it as well. I know, I know, right? Then we can discuss it together. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. People do? are saying it was very quiet.
0: Oh, like it was picked up by a mic. Yeah, yeah. That was probably that, that was, was probably Luke. Yeah. Yeah. now it, it probably was just picked up. Failing failing uh getting this working properly. I'll just hold that up to the microphone and we'll call it a day. Yeah. Um Do you want me to read a merch message? Sure, yeah. Why don't we do a merch merch message while Bell tries to figure out what's going on with that audio source?
1: Uh, hey, Linus and Luke, first time uh, sending a message. It's 3 a.m. in the Netherlands. GPU prices are still high here, but CPUs are fine. 3080s are still over a grand. Why do you think this is, and do you think it'll improve?
0: Uh, I think it is probably for a combination of reasons. It could be old stock that retailers paid that much
1: for and are clinging to hope that they can get recoup their investment Retailers on. all kind of... Being like, hey, you want to not lower? Yeah, cool. That's not too surprising. That would totally make sense to me. Yep, I would check of, the used market. That kind of collusion
0: is technically illegal in like basically every developed country around the world. But absolutely happens. But absolutely happens. Um, I would say that it's possible that, you know, given the, the Netherlands is a relatively small market, it's um, it's possible that the allocations of GPUs just weren't as high in that region, so there's not as much overstock pressure on pricing, just not driving it down. I would say that if I was trying to protect the the profits in my region, I would be doing my utmost to keep additional stock from flooding in. Um, It's also possible that there's not a, I don't know, I'm just guessing, it's possible there's not a huge mining community there.
1: So yeah, maybe, I was about that too. maybe
0: the secondary market isn't being flooded with GPUs right now, like it is in other regions like China and the U S. And so again, that's another potential source of pressure on pricing that might not exist there. And those are, those are the main reasons that I can, that I can
1: think of. Uh, there's another one. Hey, Linus, patiently waiting for party shirts to come back in stock smiley face. Having recently switched to the Asus PG 42 UQ, any complaints or issues like image ghosting? Uh, are they Windows Snap productivity friendly? Thanks. All right. Well, two parts of that. One
0: is ghosting. Heck no. Uh, it's a really nice display. Really liking it so far. As for Snap or what is it called now? Windows Snap. Um, AeroSnap's cooler. friendly. I mean, it's an OLED. I haven't owned it long enough to tell you with certainty that it will not burn in in any way along those lines. Um hopefully it won't. Yeah, really. But I mean, I yeah, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. If it was if I had to if I had to buy it and I really had the longevity of the product as a central concern in my purchase decision,
1: it would give me pause. I'll say that much. Linus, did you notice any significant spikes on either the store or your own traffic on YouTube with the MKBHD collab? Also, is there anything else you are acquiring for the lab that you are uber excited about? Oh, uh
0: yeah, sure. I mean, first of all, yeah, of from course. There was definitely, definitely an increase in traffic to the Shadow store number. from the uh, from the Marquez video. I, I I don't know that it was like You know, it wasn't like uh, a a giant spike like we saw when Project Farms review went out. But I think that it's also a really different type of media. For sure. Project Farms video was hyper focused. And, you know, it's people watch a video like that when their purchase intent is like here. They are absolutely buying a screwdriver. They are shopping. Whereas someone watching Marquez build a computer. Well, are they? That person might not buy a
1: screwdriver for six months, and yeah, they might that, go, "I need a screwdriver." Oh yeah, I saw that one. That type of that type of situation is more like um, you're trying to get it in the in the mind space of these people, so that when they do buy one, they would think about it uh, instead of the Project Farm one, where it's like they're probably going to buy one, uh, and they might do it now, considering they're watching that video. Yeah, I mean here it's the
0: it's the classic, it's the classic, it's the sales funnel. Okay, this is like. Business, business basics right here. Let's bring this up. Yeah, here we what go. What is happening? I think pizza's arriving. What? Hey, thanks, hey Prime. Why is there pizza? <laughs> what? A... Feel like Why it are is... you still here? What a guy. Yeah, I, went... what? I went to Costco. That's... You went to Costco. This is Costco I... this is pizza. pizza? Yeah. Oh. All right. Oh wow. Thanks. Thanks for the pizza, man. To... I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say no. Sorry. Man, and you've improved the beauty of the WAN show like but tenfold. Are you having a pizza? Oh, uh, no. He's thinking about it. He's nope. not doing it. Okay, well, I'll have two Wait, pizzas so you... then. Yeah, I'm going to have his.
1: Okay. Thank you. That works, yeah. Uh, there was another part of that too, I'm which very was, hungry. Uh, is there anything else you're acquiring for the lab that you're uber excited about? And he's eating. Um, <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well. I can, oh, man, a- I'm sorry, I can do a different one. We can come back to that. Can you think of anything? Hmm acquiring for the lab so it would Mm -hmm. have to be like or developing I think it doesn't really matter developing for sure yeah let's talk about some stuff uh we have a we've a mission we've talked about this on the show before but we have a machine learning computer vision developer coming on staff which this might sound kind of lame but one of the reasons why I'm really excited about that is because one of our other developers who's been spending a lot of time doing that and is good at that and has experience in that we'll be able to spend more time working on the mobile testing stuff. Yeah. So here's something really cool that is right in line with that
0: is we are going to be getting our hands not only on an anechoic chamber for like noise isolation, but we're going to be getting an RF chamber that will will eliminate RF bounces. And what that will allow us to do is objectively determine Uh, Band by band, so we'll be able to tell you carrier by carrier which phones have the best reception, which is something that is otherwise. I mean, I think everyone's basically given up on even trying to talk about reception of cell phones in reviews. Yeah. Because unless you have accounts with every carrier in every major city well what are you what do you even how do you even have that conversation right like how do you even test it then there's so many real world variables but what we'll be able to do is we'll be able to set up our own and it turns out you are allowed to do this uh we'll be able to set up our own uh, access points and we will be able to run them at whatever in whatever bands we want yeah i know right <laughs> no is we just can- inside the chamber yes okay
1: yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm still kind of surprised, but sure, sounds good.
0: Yeah, it turns out we are allowed to do that, and so we will be able to tell you guys objectively which phones have the best RF reception. Cool, sweet. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Uh, we also apparently um, already have on order slash all the materials, and we're going to build it. I can't remember, uh, but we're working on like an immersion tank so that we can it's like a water column and so we'll be able to immerse devices for their rated depth for their rated amount of time and see if they survive.
1: Um. yeah, that's cool. I I just I'm I'm happy the dev team is expanding. There's also uh the back end developer that is, you know, relatively actually quite high end position where they were working before, want and had a vacation planned. So there's a bunch of time buffer there before they were able to join. They're joining soon as well. So work on the website is going to start. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That stuff's exciting. While you chew, I'm going to move on to the next question, uh, which I can talk about. I'm sure you'll have input as well, though. Do you? This is from Joseph L. Do you see cloud computing eventually phasing out the need for powerful personal computers, especially with rising costs of new hardware? My AI professor thinks it's going to happen real soon. Um, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen real soon uh, for the same reason that we when we were just talking about the Logitech G cloud um, and it was like, oh, what do you think about this having eSIM and stuff? Yeah, there's like power outages and and uh, service availability issues. Um, I was just in America for four days. Your guys' internet sucks. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily want to be, at least where I was, it sure did. Sick burn. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily want to be on a computer that... At my current job and at very likely many of yours, uh, being consistently connected is required. Like mm-hmm. it, I can't. If there's if there's a internet problem, if there's an internet outage, my computer can't just stop working. Like yeah, I might be limited in what I can do because I don't have the internet, um, but it shouldn't just like end everything. And taking a computer that can. That is powerful person, you know, powerful personal computers, what it said. Taking that and hotspotting it, and limiting what you necessarily maybe maybe don't listen to streaming music while you're working for that amount of time or something, but you can still function because a lot of it's happening locally is great. And with cloud computing, that's not so much of a thing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's going to be. I feel like we're we're headed towards a an increase in awareness of the fact that you just you nothing is permanent anymore. Um, very recently Project Cars 2 in fact it might have been today Project Cars 2 got delisted from Steam and the reason for wow. that is not that they don't want to sell the game anymore or not that Steam is just tired of having it on their servers it's that the licenses for the cars in the game have expired and i guess it's not selling well enough to justify renewing it and the or or for the developer to go in and tweak all the names and tweak the appearances a little bit and like kind of remove those, those assets. And so now it's just gone unless you own it already. And there's no way to acquire it anymore because it cannot be properly licensed for acquisition um, because there are no physical copies. So you can't buy it secondhand anymore. And I think, you know, if you think about like a, like a workstation where your hardware itself is a subscription service Um, you are at the mercy of forces that you cannot control. And in the case of most users do not fully understand to make sure that you have the tools you need to do your job. I mean, and especially with, okay, yes, at the high end, it's gotten ridiculous, but with the affordability of personal hardware
1: at the low to mid
0: range. That's what you're competing against. That's exactly the problem with the Logitech G Cloud or whatever so you're going to have it. to
1: make a cloud working station that is so much cheaper than just so having your cheap. own computer that it becomes worth it. But having to your own computer to subscribe to a system is so cheap. Yeah, so it's tough. So these lines are going to have a hard time crossing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't personally think your AR AI, AI professor is correct, but uh, now I don't know.
0: Hold on i think there are industries and there are spaces oh it's gonna be a thing where that will happen faster it's already a thing like i don't yeah. think once we could get it down to like one frame of latency and if we could get the quality uh, a bit better i don't see any reason why uh, like a video editing workstation couldn't be cloud-based
1: they didn't have to deal with updating and stuff. So another, or like a another
0: development station. Oh, no, because then eh, if your internet goes out. <sighs> another argument I'd throw yeah, out there tough, I don't
1: know. Is I, I was working on a laptop this week. Um and I it was kept in very nice condition. Like the person who owned it very clearly cared about it. So I didn't actually realize how old it was. There was a there was a little uh Windows, what was it? Windows 7 or Windows 8 sticker on it, and a 4000 series Intel processor. I didn't even notice because I wasn't gaming on it. All I did was like document browsing, internet browsing, stuff like that. And it was completely fine. You know how much that laptop would cost? Like nothing. Yeah. You can get laptops on eBay for literally
0: like $60 to $70. And you know what? The battery life, probably not great anymore. But if all you need to do, we we actually have a, a video coming up on um, Chrome OS Flex, and so we talk about like how um, how tough it is to justify a brand new Chromebook when you can buy an ancient ThinkPad, put Chrome OS Flex on it, and let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: I don't know if there's news about the. Oh, there is. There is news about this. The framework thing.
0: Yeah, cool, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Not that it would be easy to justify buying a framework laptop with Chrome OS now that you have Chrome OS Flex. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail later. But for now, I wanted to show you guys the sales funnel. This is what I was talking about. Mm. So I feel like Marquez's video is up here. Awareness of a company and or its offerings. Um, Maybe somewhere in interest in the company and its offerings. Whereas Project Farm is down here. Evaluation of whether the company's offering satisfy one's needs, and then um, you know this is really you know at the product page level. So when you're marketing, you have to decide what you're targeting, and your approach is really different depending on what it is. I'm expecting the Marquez video to result in a very slow burn of sales. I know now, I'll say I'll say now we know we have not gotten an ROI on it at this point in time, but that doesn't mean that like I'm mad or that I, I think it was bad or anything like that. I think it just is a different, it, it had a different goal from the outset. So you have, to, you have to adjust your expectations accordingly. Like the backup pop-up, we lost a ton of money. Oh yeah. But that wasn't the point. The point wasn't to make money. The point was to get enough people there that we could get real user real reviews. reviews up on the site so that we could launch sales for pre-orders uh, excuse me, back orders. That's the distinction. Once we had sold them, they're now back orders. Um, so that we could uh, take back orders for the rest of the inventory that we had coming in. Um, Bell, are we able to come full circle back around to our uh, Linus Tech Tips on Espanol? Do you think you have the audio figured out?
2: I don't know what's wrong. So maybe it'll work this time. I've checked and <laughs> rechecked everything, and it in theory should work.
0: Okay, well, why don't we why don't we give it another shot here? And... Uh... We'll see what happens.
1: Nope.
0: All right. Phone time? Well, that's a little frustrating. Yeah, let's
1: just do that. Unfortunately, you're not going to get 100% of the experience through the phone. Uh, You're really not. Part of the experience is visual. Uh, which I'll talk about
0: afterwards. No, no, I'm going to play this, and I'm going to try and time it so that they're going at the same okay, time. Okay, okay, so that's good. So we'll
1: good. try. Um, we'll try. But then also, obviously, like, sound quality problems, stuff like that. I know, I know. We're just going to have to do our best but with it. But just keep that in mind. Yep. So weird. So weird.
0: Okay, ready? Here we go. Uh, hold up. Line of screen. Okay, we're gonna, we're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to try. Okay. We're trying. We're trying. Okay. You are as good as debt. dead. Un Apple Watchul tray un iPhone 14, estás casi muerto. Un automóvil óvula sin un Apple Watchul trae un iPhone 14, estás casi muerto. Un automóvil óvula sin un Apple Watchul trae un iPhone 14, estás casi muerto. Un automóvil óvula sin un Apple Watchul trae un iPhone 14,
1: estás casi muerto.
0: So you guys, uh, you guys got to see it kind of go through all the different stages, and I mean to be clear, I don't speak Spanish, but we do have someone on the team who does, and her evaluation of both the uh, the translation from the English transcript to the Spanish transcript, as well as the um, the, the the spoken version of it. Was that it was pretty darn good? Was was what she said. Yeah. Um, people will be darn disappointed when people when they realize Linus speaks zero Spanish. Uh, yeah, yeah. So people are saying yeah, sounds a little funny but understandable. Uh, you could still hear the editor's voice in the last one. Um, it's because he doesn't speak Spanish at all. That was just Ed, like using his voice for the pickup, yeah, we and would then use it... a
1: different trainer. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool though, right? It's sweet. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm um
0: I'm pretty pretty shocked.
1: Um the browser tab was not muted because OBS was seeing
0: Yeah. I had I was seeing levels on the display of yeah. like I actually I can't explain it's, it.
1: We we have something set oddly in OBS. That's yeah. gotta be it. Bye.
0: See you later. Thanks for the pizza prime.
1: All right. Uh, Do
0: we have another topic we wanted to move into? We sure do. We got a few of them. Um, Ooh, we should talk about the big change in... Oh, I don't know. You know what? No, you pick one, because I'm...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, what a bad week for Twitch. There's a lot of things going on. Why don't we talk about Twitch? You want
0: to walk us through a Twitch thing?
1: Sure. Uh, I actually didn't know the thing that's in the doc was happening. Uh, I, I saw this when I came in today. There's a lot happening with Twitch right now. Um, but this thing is that Twitch announces revenue splitting changes and apparently no one's happy. Uh, on Wednesday, the 21st, Twitch started notifying some streamers about incoming changes or upcoming changes to their user agreements. Uh, Twitch uses a baseline revenue share of 50, 50 on net revenue from subscriptions. I was just going to say this, but it's in the notes. So I'll just read it from the notes behind the scenes. Twitch also offered agreements with premium subscription terms to select larger streamers. A lot of larger streamers I'm inserting this bit. were on 70, 30 for a long time. That's not a new thing. And that's been known. That's been relatively publicly known because of leaks for many years. Um, these premium subscription terms are, yeah, are common knowledge within the streamer community, but there's no framework in place to determine which streamers would be offered these premium terms or when to offer them that is 100 percent true the decision was made over a year ago to stop offering these premium terms do we have premium terms did we ever for float plane no for twitch no i oh obviously we like get you know the money from float uh i don't think we did okay yeah i just wasn't sure i have no idea though all i really cared about the contract back in the day was like what does it not let us do <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't much so it was like cool um decision was made over a year ago to stop offering these premium terms. Twitch felt they were not transparent or consistent in awarding them. That's probably true. Uh, streamers already with these terms will keep them, but a 70-30 split for the first 100K and a 50-50 split for all revenue generated after 100K. Mm. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Seems like streaming is expensive. And Amazon wants Twitch to actually make money for once. And that's going to be hard. Not going to work. Hmm. Interesting. Twitch says 90%, roughly 90% of streamers with premium terms are unaffected because, you know, they don't make over 100K. For the 10% recent bump in advertising revenue share up from 55%, percent for What? Up to. For the 10%, okay, I get it. I get it. I read it wrong. For the 10% remaining after that 90%, uh, the recent, a recent revenue bump in advertising revenue share up to 55% is a great way for these larger streamers to make up most, if not all of that revenue. Uh, great way that's, that's inserted from Twitch, just to be very clear. Uh, cause no one likes ads more than 22,000 streamers requested that all streamers be moved to the 70, 30 split and pay streamers faster. Uh, it sounds like that's probably 22,000 streamers that didn't already have the 70-30 split. Uh, Twitch responded by making the, in quotes, largest change to payouts in years, and they lowered the payment threshold from $100 to $50. That is actually really intense because there's going to be a really large amount of people that stream in order to make $50 bucks for tax reasons that I'm not going to go into in further detail. Really? Um, cause I'm super curious. Is it something you really can't talk about? If you make money off it, it could technically be a business. Things that show up on it could be used against taxes. Oh, so as long as you get some kind of payout. You have to get some kind of payout. That payout was a hundred dollars. Now it's 50, it's way easier to do. And if you want to be shady about it, you can just pay the 50 in yourself. You're going to get 50% of it back, so it's $25. To be a business. So your gaming computer, business expense. Whatever you show on stream. What if you do more expensive things? Uh, We are not accountants. (laughs) We are not lawyers. I'm not saying you should do this. We're not. What I'm saying is that it's been done by people. It has not been done by me. Allegedly allegedly it's been done by people it's like super sketch but i knew it was being done at 100 and i know it's going to be a whole heck of a lot easier to do at 50 that's all okay um twitch justified not increasing to seventy thirty by stating that a streamer with 100 concurrent viewers who streams for 200 hours a month costs the company $1000 over those 200 hours. Yeah, and they're the ones that make all the tech and host the servers. Streaming's expensive, man. Okay. Um as hilarious. As part of these changes, Twitch, I'm actually surprised it's like even that low to be completely honest. And I think that is because they make all the tech. And I guarantee that that does not include developer time for maintaining these things and stuff like that. But anyways, um, as part of these changes, Twitch is also cracking down on streams that promote certain types of gambling starting out, uh, starting October 18th. I think this is cool. I've never liked gambling my entire life, though. I don't, bleh, I don't know. Um, slots, roulette, or dice games that aren't in the that aren't in the U.S. or other jurisdictions that provide sufficient consumer protection are banned. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Prior to this, prominent streamers were publicly considering a Twitch blackout to protest the site's implicit promotion of damaging and addictive gambling behavior. It's pretty intense. There's a lot of it. Um, With that said, sports gambling, not banned. but Yeah, because Twitch and the NFL are friends. And in, I think relatively based on the overall length of the NFL, the NFL being cool with gambling is actually relatively new as well, Hmm. but they do seem to be quite cool with gambling these days. Um, So that's a thing. Poker also remains unbanned, I think because to a decent amount of people, it's seen more like a sport than other forms of gambling. I can see that. Um, Yeah. Which does actually sort of make sense to me. It's playing sports for money, but
0: that's also gambling, but also playing the game, it's... It's I a, can
1: see poker. I see as kind of a weird gray area.
0: Yeah, but where there's at least a skill component. Yeah, like like yeah, uh, sure. I'm not knocking like poker players. Like yes, there's a skill
1: component, but you also can't deny that there's a chance component. Um, if I try to play poker against someone who's super good at it, I'm probably going to get wrecked. Yeah, there's more to it than just chance, but there is a lot of chance. Um, discussion question: Is this enough, or should streamers continue to push for full gambling ban? Oh, it's just about the gambling ban. I don't know. I'm not into gambling, but I also have to understand that that's a personal preference thing. I um, I'm not going to watch gambling content. I'm not going to get influenced by gambling content. If Twitch
0: actually had a meaningful way to, um, to keep minors off the site, which they don't, because it's as far as I can tell, like no one does. All kids watching unless it. Unless you
1: like take IDs.
0: Yeah. Um. Unless they, unless they have a way to do that. I think gambling has been pretty clearly set as an adult activity. And I, I, I don't really see why we're drawing a line between, oh, well, this kind of gambling and this kind of gambling. Uh, when we know that such a large, large uh, percentage of the Twitch viewer community is sub-age of majority. So that's my my biggest issue with it. Um, you know, beyond that, as far as I'm concerned, you want to stream yourself like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You flip a coin, and if it's heads, you you know shoot a paintball at your head, and if it's tails, you shoot a paintball at your
1: ass, and you pay ten bucks. Like I don't, I don't care. I might watch that. Yeah, like. <laughs> i would watch that if it was you i would 100 watch that i like, would probably pay the stream money i'm
0: just saying like yeah and you know the twitch chat you know being all dialed into twitch and stuff they're like
1: yeah what about loot boxes yeah 100 yeah and the, there's actually this one in, in full plane chat mentioned uh ban like opening pokemon cards red dead redemption 2 and, and gta online in gta online if you go to the casino do you get banned in Red Dead Redemption 2, they have they have poker. I think they also have other card game mm-hmm. things. Like, do you get banned if you play well, it's poker, so no. But like you can extrapolate from there.
0: For me, the bigger conversation is the revenue split yes, changes. Yes. That is true. especially in light of uh how how aggressively YouTube has pursued. I think I remember saying like back when YouTube was like, Yeah, YouTube gaming. Um, I remember saying, like, good luck
1: with that, YouTube. But, like... I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, and, and... I feel like they've only really been picking up a ton of Steam within the last one to two years. But, I mean, that's Google, right? But they are picking up Steam. Long game. Long game. Long game. Long game. I mean, I was big at... Big wins, uh... long game. They, they're winning in the way that Mixer couldn't. When Mixer did their big move, I remember talking on Wancho about how it wasn't enough. Yeah. Their move wasn't enough. They didn't bring over enough streamers. And what YouTube streaming is really winning at right now is, sure, they're paying to bring some streamers over. Mm-hmm. There's also streamers just coming on over. Yeah. And not a small amount of them.
0: And not just tiny ones that cost yeah. $1,000 a month Yeah, for them to sustain
1: them. Yeah, because there's an army of those, I'm sure. Because they'll see their favorite streamer move over, so they'll move over too. Yep. Which is, that's completely fine. Um, but we're talking like really big streamers that are either approaching YouTube and then doing it for a lower amount than YouTube might have expected or approaching YouTube and doing it for nothing maybe a little bit of seed money to make a cool video where they pick a purple uh they pick a red object over a purple object because that's what happens every single time so I can like
0: that. I can definitely see YouTube pushing hard uh the Muchuski in uh Twitch chat says I heard Ludwig is working um with YouTube um and BTTV and seven TV extensions that's uh, that's pretty interesting because' I mean it's, there's no this, there's no doubt that YouTube does not have
1: feature parity with Twitch yet. Yeah. but Ludwig's chat thing, it's a matter of time is really cool though. Like they've actually put in put in work., uh, I've looked into the the developer behind it he's doing cool stuff. I finally met him. Oh, Ludwig. Yeah, yeah, he was at the thing, I'm assuming. Yeah, cool. Yeah, super cool.
0: Um, He asked me if after you get a vasectomy, um, you can still come. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I explained. That sounds like a question he would ask. I explained how it works. This is why I like the podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: He's knowledgeable about a lot of things. Just not that and vasectomy. But is... now maybe
1: he is, right? Yeah. Ever expanding. Oh well now he's you an expert because
0: I actually I,
1: I I gave him the full lowdown. Yeah. Perfect. Lowdown, pun intended. Did you tell him about how like the doctor recognized you and everything? Uh no, I didn't talk about that. Because he might need to know that. Uh he doesn't now. Yeah, I didn't I, I actually forgot about that. That'll be a fun experience. To be honest with you. Probably hear about it on the yard. Yep. All right. Well, I have to yeah, I don't know. The revenue split stuff <laughs> sucks. Oh my god,
0: Twitch if, chat. If... Well, can you don't leave us hanging? Yes.
1: Yeah. carry on <laughs> yeah. um the revenue split stuff uh, as a creator having especially a streamer a streamer who hasn't done the proper i talked about this a few went uh went shows ago but a streamer who hasn't done the split out into having a heavy arm for vod as well because mm-hmm. a lot of streamers have been doing that i think that's actually really fascinating if you want to look into that it's very interesting um but streamers who are just streamers they, they, they in a lot of cases, don't even have a huge Twitter presence. Sure, yeah. They're just, they're streamers. They're on Twitch. That's what they do. Having your revenue split changed on you is very, I, my stream deck stopped working, but I press the bleep button. It's very uncomfortable with a F word in the middle of there. Yeah. Like, holy, that's not cool. Well, that, that and shakes your trust in the absolutely. platform. Absolutely. And entirely. that's going to inspire you to reach out, spread out, start doing other things. These people are, many people affected this by this, they're going to start looking into those other streamers, yep. other creators that have started branching out into other things. And they're going to start doing the it. dumb thing. And I need to. The dumb
0: thing from Twitch's standpoint is that they basically took their most profitable users, their most profitable users,
1: and pissed them off. Yep. Oh, oh, Amazon! Daddy Amazon's knocking. You gotta start making money, Daddy Jeff. Yep. You gotta bandwidth's expensive. Oh man, this is just so dumb. Coding's expensive.
0: So dumb. So good luck with that. Um, in other news, Framework yeah. partnered with Google for a Framework Laptop Chromebook edition. This is cool. It'll be available in early December, starting at thousand dollars. That's a lot for a Chromebook. It is. Uh, the base specs are a Core i5, 12, it says 1240p, but I'm pretty sure that means 12400p. I don't know, don't quote me on that. 8 gigs DDR4, 256 gig NVMe SSD, 13 and a half inch aspect ratio of 13 and a half inch, three by two aspect ratio, 2256 by 1504 resolution display. I uh, can have up to 64 gigs of RAM and a one terabyte SSD because of course it can. It's a framework and it's got the same milled aluminum chassis, 1080p webcam, 55 watt hour battery, all that good stuff and the same modules and expansion cards as for any other framework laptop. The main board in the Chromebook edition is specifically designed for Chrome OS though and there's no word yet on Windows compatibility. Framework Chromebooks will get up to eight years of Chromebook OS updates, but a mainboard upgrade from Framework could extend that timeline. Pre-orders are available now for a fully refundable $100. Full disclosure, I am an investor in Framework. Uh, with that said, I think you guys uh, probably pretty clearly picked up on that I think $1,000 for a Chromebook is a lot of money, regardless of how repairable or how invested I am in the company. So I'll, I'll let Luke do the color commentary on this one.
1: Uh, the just a discussion question. That's it. I don't know. Sure. Just what do you think? I'm not super into Chromebooks. Alrighty then. This is not the framework that I would buy. Oh, okay. But I have already heard from people that want to buy it, and we're really excited that Framework has a Chromebook option now, which I don't personally 100% understand. But that's cool. Sweet. More options is not bad. I'm excited that framework is expanding and doing more things.
0: Uh, blahx X nine says, if we want to save LTT money, should we watch on Twitch or YouTube? No. If you have a float Plane subscription, you should watch, watch on, on Floatplane. Float plane. Yeah, you're already you're paying somewhere between five and ten dollars a month, assuming you're not one of the grandfathered in three dollar um, subscriptions, and that's fine. We, like that's we want to use the platform. Yeah, we're pro- we're profitable at those kinds of rates. Where you run into trouble is when it's ad supported, because ads pay like nothing compared to actual subscribed users. Like we've got thirty thousand Floatplane subscribers now, which is absolutely wild. You guys are amazing. Um, and the last thing we would want is for you guys to not enjoy the better audio quality on Floatplane if you're gonna have to listen to us talk for like three hours yeah you
1: should you should get what you're paying for yeah stick around stick
0: around also the chat's way better um i had a good question though from floatplane chat actually floatplane chat has been slightly less deplorable than usual uh your boy hot pocket asks so what's the solution for twitch if they need more money better to take a piece from the top percent than the streamers who made considerably
1: less yeah so that's what i was actually going to go into is like yes it's extremely uncomfortable but when daddy amazon is knocking saying you need to make money their rates are unsustainable. They have to do something. But this, it, it's just... It always happens.
0: Yeah. It's like we've had this We've had this conversation with so many creators talking about Half coming over on Floatplane where they'll be like, well, Patreon has a better revenue split or insert platform here has a better revenue split. And we're like, okay, well, see how that works out for you. Because we know what it costs. And at some point, at some point, the investors... Are going to come knocking, and they can't just keep dumping money into it. Why do you think YouTube has
1: so many f**ing ads? And the the whole name and like. Why do you think they're pushing premium so hard? Yeah. And luckily, premium is actually pretty good. Like
0: I subscribe. Yeah, the fact that you have like music as part of it is like what
1: justifies it for me. If the music wasn't there, I wouldn't do it easily. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um. It's tough, but the, the, the idea behind the name of floatplane, which is not something that we like put on the site and whatnot, because it's not good for advertising, but it's good internally, I guess. The whole idea behind it is, you know what a Flowplane is, Seaplane, whatever. The concept is it might not take off, but it definitely won't sink. Yeah. So from the very beginning and the whole time through, we've kept in our minds, we need to make sure that what we're doing is sustainable. And there was a big question from a bunch of creators when they were first joining because YouTube paid channels, which is different than memberships. YouTube paid channels, uh, went up in smoke exactly one year, exactly to the day, which is very interesting. One year after vessel went up in smoke. So a lot of creators around the beginning were asking, are you guys going to be able to survive for a long time? Hello. Yes, we did um but some i love of the...
0: we should go back and respond remember when i uh pitched you the concept of having like a wall of hate yeah where we would like frame we would frame people's comments about how Floatplane was doomed and gonna shut down and luke would be unemployed in a year and like all that stuff and i had pitched like doing an entire wall plastered in all those stupid comments i think i have some of them
1: but then yeah uh, that's I great i should have done it but uh but yeah we're still here because We've, we've tried to build it sustainably. And in some ways, that does, sure, that does make it less attractive. It makes it a little bit yep. less competitive. It makes but it then, slower to develop. Yeah. But it does then, a lot of things. Stuff like this happens on yeah. Twitch and stuff like this has never happened with us. And we're like, lol. We're actually trying. I'm making no commitments and I'm making no commitments on timeline or anything like that. But we're trying to bring our rates and stuff down. To go the other direction than what they're doing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, our team's been amazing. It's a small team, but it's a good team. And um, like our, my understanding is that our costs have, aside from some issues lately, our costs have actually gone down in some ways. I know that they haven't gone down in other ways, mm-hmm. but they have come down in some ways. Mm-hmm. So we're, 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 holding up,
1: we're holding up great over here. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. We're all right. But yeah, like stuff like this is going to happen, which is uncomfortable. But the same advice that we've always given, if any creator is watching that cares to hear it, um, is to divers- diversify. Get, in, get into merch stuff. Uh, if you're a Twitch-only streamer, start putting some VODs on YouTube, start finding a way to VODify some of your content, whether that's planning out content that is specifically made to become a VOD, Um, get get an editor, get them to watch your streams and find interesting segments and cut them out and title them properly and thumbnail them properly and throw them up, do whatever, but diversify, get yourself out there. Even if you don't do
0: like traditional YouTube VODs, you should absolutely be doing shorts, which leads us really well into our next topic here. Uh, This is straight out of the YouTube blog, but this week YouTube announced that starting early 2023 creators will be eligible for revenue sharing on shorts but it's gonna work really differently from the way that the revenue share works for the traditional YouTube partner program. And there's uh, some actually pretty good reasons for it. I don't agree with everything YouTube does. I think I've made it very clear to everyone. I think internally here, I talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. I think outwardly on the WAN show and in our videos, I talk about it a lot. And I definitely talk about it to YouTube employees and executives a lot. I do not agree with everything YouTube does. But this I'm looking at going, I actually do not have a better solution to this. It's pretty smart. So with traditional VOD or a live stream like this one on YouTube, the ads that run against your video uh, are credited to you and then you split it. I forget what exactly the split percentage is, but you split it with YouTube and you keep your part, they keep their part and everybody's happy. But here's the problem. With shorts, you don't have an ad like against your short. The ad is going to be between some shorts. And not all of them. And and not all of them. So it can't be just like luck of the draw. You happen to get ads in front of your shorts and then you get paid. And so what? The next three people that didn't get ads, they just don't get paid? Well, that's stupid, right? So um, the revenue from ads that run between shorts are going to be put into a pool. Okay, but it's a little complicated because there's kind of two pools. There's one pool for shorts that do not have licensed music. And there's another pool for shorts that contain licensed music, so like popular music. And we'll talk about why they have to do that in a little bit. So of the pool, creators will keep 45% of the revenue So of that bucket based on their share of total shorts views. And that's the same whether they use music or not. The difference is that in the music bucket, the rights holders for the music get paid first before the split between creators and YouTube. Uh. And the reason for that is that YouTube and the music industry had to do something about TikTok. It's clear that one of the most compelling things about TikTok is that you can use popular songs and dance to them or lip sync to them or do whatever else it is with them as your soundtrack um, for no cost. And the reason for that is that ByteDance just doesn't respect copyright. So they just are like, "Eh." yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I guess in a way you could look at that as a positive overall for the industry because it forced It forced the recording industry to come to the table and find a solution, which is good because we've actually looked into licensing real songs for our videos before. The costs make no sense. There's all this just stupid red tape like it's utterly unattainable for anyone who's not a a fairly large scale production like it just doesn't make any sense if i'm only going to make four hundred dollars on this video no i'm not going to pay you ten thousand dollars for an expiring license for the music to what to take the video down after what are you an idiot like no i'm not going to do that it's not like people are using this video to listen to the song it's just for a like montage like go touch grass like it's just dumb Get out in the real world. It's not how this works. So what it did is it forced the music industry, and YouTube didn't tell me any of this. This is all speculation, but it's just very obvious. It forced the recording industry to come to the table and make a deal because otherwise TikTok is just going to run amok forever, and there's going to be no way to combat that aspect of the platform. So this is a super smart way to do it because it rewards creators, no matter what, whether they license music or don't license music, whether they get an ad in front of their video, they don't get an ad in front of their video. And what it looks like, at least on the surface, I haven't seen the payout rates yet, but what it looks like is that compared to TikTok, it is going to all of a sudden become sustainable to make short form videos and not just have to do sponsorships, like to actually actually enjoy a share of the ad based revenue from the platform, which TikTok famously does not give anyone. So they just steal music, uh, take all the revenue from their users, and are like, eh. "Well, yeah, no, screw you too." Like, why?
1: Why are we tolerating this? I don't get it. It's been very weird. You, you were talking to uh, Call Me Chris, and you you talked about revenue share stuff, right? Yeah, like that's
0: like it's a it's a joke
1: on yeah. TikTok. They get like nothing. Yeah, crazy.
0: Um. Shorts creators are added to the partner program if they get 10 million shorts views in the last 90 days and have 1,000 subscribers. Um, creators can still get into the YouTube partner program with 4,000 watch hours over the last year
1: as well. So there's there's two paths into the partner program. That's a lot of watch hours on shorts content. So it's going to result in you being a big creator either way. Um, also launching next year is Creator Music, which will allow creators to purchase a license or opt for revenue sharing
0: for commercial songs they might want to use in their long format videos, which is super cool. Really cool. Our discussion question here from Jonathan Horst is, is there a place for commercial music in LTT videos? Yes. Um, I was about to say, well, I'm sure as hell not sharing my revenue with them and I'm probably not going to pay whatever they're going to ask, so probably not. We pay very little for our existing music library and we've never had a complaint about our music.
1: I guess I'd have to narrow it down. There is one specific... Uh I almost said create a warehouse. I don't know why. One specific channel super fun video. Oh, yes, that one. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, yeah I yeah, I you know what? i even re-upload it with the proper Kenny Loggins playing with the boys song. Yeah, I would do it. I'll pay for it, sure. Yeah. Okay, I'll commit to that.
1: If there if there was a way to effectively do it that you knew was good and maybe the pricing wasn't just literally the worst thing in the world, uh I could see it being used for hyper specific content, but that's about it. Uh, Sam
0: Joe X asks, why can't YouTube remove these dumb monetization requirements since they did it to prevent ads from showing on stolen videos and they monetize everything anyway now? Uh, The answer is because it's a it's a ton of administrative work to pay people out. And sorry, but like the four dollars or whatever is just not actually worth the administrative burden for them. That's my that's my best guess. But I'm guessing Uh, as for like shorts, I could see us using it since there doesn't really seem to be a penalty for just using it um if we're if we're gonna have to like kind of pay for it anyway then i guess we might as well just go for it but i don't know what kind of shorts that i would do that would require licensed music it's just one of those things that i'm so conditioned
1: to avoid yeah you know even if i'm i don't think it's needed anyways for the type of content that we do i whatever oh ho ho someone in full plane chat said rick roll us you could rickroll people. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Does rickroll return because you can monetize it
0: now? I wouldn't be able to rickroll them on floatplane, though. Yeah, get owned. My license would be platform-specific. Yeah, get owned. Well, no, I mean, that's that's
1: bad. Okay, yeah. get
0: get on it. Get the RIA no, on the phone.
1: because I want you to rickroll people on floatplane. I got you, boys. Let's go. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> we should probably get into some super chats here. We don't do those here.
0: Oh, we're crying out loud.
2: Merch Stop messages. calling them
0: super chats. Why do I keep calling them super chats? Come
1: on. All right. We have a we have another topic. Do we only have five merch messages today? Is this right? They can't but there are some The pending ones. Oh, okay. You want me to go through this video game donkey topic while you look at some uh, um, potentials? Yeah, sure. YouTuber Video Game Donkey starts game publishing company Big Mode. Also known as, uh, his plan is for indie games, indie game publishing company. Video Game Dunkey is a popular video game reviewer. Very true. 7.2 million subscribers, 11 years of YouTube videos, almost 1 million followers on Twitch. Him and his partner, Leah, are starting a publishing company known as Big Mode. Uh, a passionate voice for quality, uh, originality, and fun indie games. He's also asked for indie studios to apply The form asks mostly standard questions, but there's a box to tick at the bottom to confirm that your game doesn't include NFTs, crypto, or blockchain technology. And there is elsewhere on the site where it says that they are not interested in those as well. Uh, The online community has mm, had some opinions. There's been a lot of people weighing in on this, which is pretty interesting. Danny O'Dwyer from Noclip says... uh, among many other things, including things that are slightly more positive, like wishing them good luck and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. Um, there is one quote, though, in his many tweets where he says, we got to drop the naive shtick that having opinions on games is a qualification for understanding just about anything about development. And I will I will add in square brackets or publishing. Um, Rami Ismail, which I hope hopefully pronounced that correctly, um, Vlambeer co-founder says, if what a publisher has uh, proven is money and and a YouTube channel, assume the worst case scenario for your business considerations, they might F up those and thus the game might never ship or not be supported. I will also say that again, in the expanded portion of his tweets, there was more positive notes. And he mentioned that a way kind of around this is to ask for more money until the publisher is more proven, which seems Pretty reasonable. flambeer has been around for a while. That probably comes from knowledge and experience. Um, the oh, you put the thing in front. The Celeste developer, uh, Noel Berry. Hopefully, I'm saying that right as well. Noel, Noel, Noel is a is pro Dunky. I don't have exact quote from the tweets, but you can look them up. Um, and then Mike Rose, who I don't remember. I think he started a publisher. Here, I've got
0: my I've got it up. Three different huge YouTubers, not Dunky asked for calls with me in the last 18 months saying they're starting their own publisher and could they get some advice? So pretty sure we're about to see an influx of I could do that YouTubers having a pop at publishing.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's interesting. It's very interesting. There's a lot of I could do that YouTubers right now. Yeah, I could make a screwdriver. Yeah, exactly. I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's pretty cool. If I was an indie developer, would I hitch my horse onto this? Hitch my carriage onto this horse? There we go. I got there. Um, I don't know. Not so sure about that. I'd be interested in maybe talking to him. Um, but I think the uh, uh, Rami Ismail's comments were actually very good, if you read through his stuff.
0: I'm going to make an observation Um, Something that we've realized as part of building products that we think have an appeal beyond just our traditional audience like the screwdriver is that we actually don't know pretty much anything about traditional marketing. We have our marketing arm built in to our company because it's like the videos and it is crazy powerful, super powerful Um, to the point where, you know, almost anything else just feels like this this. Tiny drop in an infinite bucket by comparison, just utter waste of time. Uh, but lots of companies, billion dollar companies, do not market themselves via just making their own YouTube videos, obviously. And so my concern would be that just because you have some business savvy, I like to think I do, doesn't necessarily mean that you actually know anything about these other businesses and maybe you have the savvy to hire people who know what they're doing in which case power to you but maybe you don't and maybe you don't have that expertise when it comes to hr and business management and um i don't know i don't know video game donkey so i I'm, I'm this is all just me speaking from my own experience and talking about how my own expertise in one area does not necessarily translate to another
1: i do know that donkey making videos about games has really springboarded those games in the past. I do think that they were often fantastic games, which is why why he made the video about them. And they probably would have done pretty well without that. Um, but there have also been indie games out there in the past that have not really made it, that mm-hmm. I think were really good, and yeah. just didn't make it because the the word just didn't get out far enough. Um, apparently, the, the Celeste developer specifically brought up... Um, that Dunkey discovered their game during development and made a very early video um, that greatly helped their sales. And that I'm makes f- sense. I'm a flanker says, if you're an indie dev,
0: bear in mind that the average game on Steam makes a grand total of $17,000. So the risk, if you aren't picked up by a mainstream publisher. Um, uh, I don't know what kind of devolves here. Yeah, I guess it's big. Yeah. Um, so maybe the influencer, yeah, maybe the influencer could do
1: better than seventeen thousand dollars. I mean, almost certainly, I guess. So then, it's it's uh-oh. Daniel Dwyer says some stuff that I think is pretty interesting. Um, where is it? Give me one sec. I don't know where his comments were. I thought it was Danny that said it.
0: Apparently, that's the average, not median. Yeah, so that's scary because that includes games that, you know, make tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah.
1: Woo. well, think about, like, Barrow. There's a lot of junk on Steam.
0: Yeah. Okay. No offense, Barrow. Barrow. Barrow 2020. Yeah. It's mine and Luke's favorite game. Yeah. Let's see how many. Let's see if we can sell $17,000 of Barrow 2020. <laughs> At the price, I think literally all of you would have to buy it. It's so <laughs> <Yeah>. cheap. <laughs>
1: Um, Danny talks about some of the things that uh, video game publishers have to do. I think it was Danny. I don't know. Maybe it's someone else. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I can't find the tweet right now, so uh, disregard. But someone made tweets talking about some of the things that video game publishers have to do Mm -hmm. and how he questions the ability slash experience of people that haven't ever done it before and basing the entire publisher thing on... Uh, Donkey's knowledge and experience with games and also his YouTube channel yeah. is a lot um, when there's other things that publishers do like if I remember correctly it's like finding QA um, yeah getting localization support sure getting certain deals from different platforms like sure. like consoles and stuff like if uh, I was
0: if I, I would expect my publisher to help me with like music licensing potentially like, like I that. would expect them to make connections
1: for like, me there, there's more stuff to it traditionally than just some input, which could be really good, sure, and also um, being able to advertise it effectively. I mean, through maybe the YouTube like channel. a smarter way would be for Donkey
0: to like, and I, I again, I, I don't, I've never watched one of his videos. I, I take this for what it is, uh, but maybe maybe a a less all in you know angle would be to find you know say you're looking for indie game projects to like invest in. Um, be more of like a, like a, like a kingmaker, like a connection, a connection maker, uh, you know, help people get from the point of having like a really good concept to, to getting on board with a more traditional publisher. I don't know. I'm just, I, if I had to guess, I'd say it probably comes from a good place. Like I'm sure there's problems in the industry, in the indie publishing space and maybe he's trying to solve them, but maybe there are, maybe there are other ways that that could be done. I mean, who knows? Maybe five years from now, you know, they're going to have a bunch of, you know, really amazing indie games published and they're going to absolutely crush it. But I just don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Barrow is $7 and 50 cents now. Don't buy it for that. I think Luke and I bought it for way too expensive. I'm pretty sure it was a dollar. Yeah. Don't don't spend more than a dollar on Barrow 2020.
1: We bought it as a joke because it was a dollar. Don't $7 is a little bit more than a joke. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I don't know. I I do think that there has been a lot of comments made externally without a ton of comments made from Dunkey. Mm-hmm. The site's up and there's a video and that's it. He hasn't responded to anything. Maybe they... I know him and his partner, Leah, started it. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more people there. I, there's a talent search on the website that says they're hiring people. It does say that they're hiring people involved with making games, not necessarily hiring people involved with publishing. Um, but like, I don't know. I wouldn't write it off yet. Um, donkey has been around for a long time. I'm sure this isn't just like, you know, stupidly made. I'm sure there's a little bit more thought process to it. Hope so. We'll see, though. I don't know. The website does obviously feel very early on. The fact that they have a tab for games already, even though they launched like now, um is Optimistic. Yeah. Takes a while to make things, you know? Okay. Yeah.
0: Conrad from the Floatplane team says, I have total faith in Dunky. Alright. Alright. Uh we should do four a few do a few more.
1: Merch messages. Merch messages. <laughs> good job, you got it. Okay, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. I'm a good
2: boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, first message here from anon. People made fun of me when I said anon, but I feel like that's correct. Hey guys, decided to buy the Sad Linus pad and uh, as a Christmas gift for my brother. What has been your guys's favorite gifts you've ever given or received?
1: Oh, wow. One year, my girlfriend gave me this like leather. It looks like a professor's bag. Yeah. And I was like, what? That's weird. But it was heavy. So I was like, okay, there's something in it. And I open it up and she made, because I'm probably hard to give gifts for, because I don't care about all that much. And if I do, I probably have it. So she did something really cool, which was she filled it as if I was a Pokemon professor going out for like a day. Uh, and it had a lot of things that were like actually really really cool and it was genuinely really really well thought out and that's like one of the coolest things that I think I've I've received
0: uh Yvonne's made me like a ton of stuff um like my wallet Wallet. is handmade um she made me this like cross-stitched linus in a blanket uh she used to give me a scrapbook of our year together every year for like the first five or six years that's pretty cool um so i I'd say just uh she gave me my tj o seven case uh, my first pair of like really nice headphones um I'd say just like just about anything from Yvonne it's usually pretty pretty sick as for the best the best one I ever came up with man i don't I don't know um. like I've I have i do
1: hard to judge. Yeah, like I've time. definitely
0: come up with some like pretty good like corny ideas cuz that's what Yvonne's into. Like this one time back when we were dating, uh I I made like a spoof of uh, like a driver's license, but it's like a happiness license and it's like cuz we'll be together forever, expires never. Wow. Uh and and like on like just like, like, wow. like yeah, it was just like so cheesy. <laughs> um I like got it laminated and everything. I'd completely forgotten about it until she showed it to me recently. Uh, AJ says, so the kids are not the best thing she gave you. Hey, I was involved. I helped make those. I mean, my part's like pretty fun compared to my well, part. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, you're definitely super involved. Oh, man. That's very funny. All right, next up.
2: Next question here is from Ryan. What are the pros and cons to connecting my PSU to a 220-volt power? And did you consider using 220 for your personal setup? I am using
0: 220 for my personal setup. Uh, the pros and cons are pro, it's more efficient. Con, it's 220 volts. So you got to go find a 220-volt outlet in your house if you don't already have one because you're in Europe. Um, that That's about it. Yeah, it's more efficient, which is pretty cool.
2: From Fabian, with EVGA pulling out of GPUs, do you think more niche brands like Yeston and with their waifu GPUs might be able to expand out and fill the space? I don't think so. I think I think really it's gonna be the
0: like the the big the big three: your MSI's, your Gigabyte's, your ASUS's. I don't think ASRock has an NVIDIA board partnership. I think they're AMD only. Um, yeah, I just I just don't see it in the North American market. Like at the end of the day, it always comes down to manufacturing capacity. And they just have the most. They, NVIDIA can't ignore them. They can't not allocate to them. I mean, well, they might, but it's, it's stupid. Like They they kind of need each other. It's like, a, it's like a toxic, codependent relationship at this point.
2: Question here from Anon. My wife and I are both devs, and we share our laptop and desktops. Any suggestions on reliably running Windows as VMs so we don't step on each other's environments?
0: I can't really speak to that. I don't know what you would
1: need that different user accounts wouldn't accomplish. Like, yeah. I like different user accounts. If you want to be super hardcore about it, I have also preferred just different partitions. Yeah. If, if it's really important to keep them very separated, just.
0: Yeah. Like if you both have like NDAs that you literally cannot have
1: your spouse then see or whatever. Partition them out, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would work. Then you could just have them each like bit lockered. When we do just like two separate drives, even would definitely work in the desktop.
1: I, I suggest I have made suggestions to our own devs for partitions. Yeah.
2: From Igor, with all the tech you own, Igor, pho- but Igor. yes. Sorry, it's my accent. With all the tech you own, <laughs> <laughs> phones, wearables, handhelds, PCs, etc. Do you miss the times when you only had one or two devices? Do you feel like you have less time during the day with everything you use and have to keep charged?
1: Digital detox. I've been working on this a little bit personally. I uh I had TikTok installed for I think about a week. And then I, I realized that my brain was slowly uh turning into a, a, a useless goo. Um and then I uninstalled it and was like, no. And I've been there was a, a while back where I was like really into Reddit, and then I was like, Nope, that's gotta stop. I think it's all designed to be
0: so addictive. It's I it's not I've, the device that's the problem.
1: Yes. It's the services and stuff on it. I said this before on Show a while back where, um, like everyday life is constant PVP, um, and I think it's very true and you need to be aware that basically everything is either specifically on your team, which is usually just going to be like people. And then everything else is against you in some way. <laughs> it wants something from you. It wants your time. It wants your money. It wants something and you I have mean, to that's
0: you got to stop repeating yourself. <laughs> Everyone knows time is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wants, it, yeah. Wants <laughs> it wants your money. It wants your money.
1: It wants your money. wants your other form it wants of more more different money. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's just it all effectively comes down to money. And you have to be aware when you're using these things that that's happening and that has a cost on you. Um, even if you're like, "Oh, like, I don't know, I have just got some time to burn." You could be doing something else. Maybe you do want to genuinely just burn that time and that's okay. But I think you have to understand that you you could be doing something else. You could get up and go for a walk. You could uh, learn a new skill. And AJ, if you're like, I can't learn a new skill when I'm like sitting in an elevator. Yes, you can. AJ from
0: Floatplane makes a good point. YouTube adding shorts is kind of ruining my life. I did the same thing as Luke, but now when I go on YouTube, which I like actually need, shorts are alongside videos, so I can't. Keep them out of my life without still in while I could while still enjoying my YouTube watching habits. One thing I will say is that if you have the discipline to ignore Shorts for long enough, they will actually not put them in front of you nearly as much. That's that's just YouTube doing YouTube things, but it's totally valid. Uh, one of the things that really frustrates me as a YouTube creator, but not really a big consumer, is that I have no ways to do certain creator tasks within the Creator Studio app. So if I want to post, for example, a community post or even, can I even read community posts within the studio app? I, I'm not sure. I'm, there might be a way for me to do that. Let me check content. E... No, no, I don't. I, yeah, I don't see. I don't see community posts in the content. Yeah, so there's certain things that if I want to do them, I have to open the consumption app. And it is amazing how often it manages to put something in front of me that I'm like, oh, I can't look away from this. And like, I'm working. Like I don't actually, I should bring that up with them. I've been I've been meaning to I've been meaning to kind of drill into them how important I think it is that Creator Studio should be for should have all the creator stuff, and that's a big part of it. it. Is like I got stuff to do, and I, do, I don't want the Creator Studio app to be a replacement for the player, but I don't want the player to serve the purpose of the Creator Studio app. I'm I'm in a very different mindset when I am working versus when I am idly you know consuming YouTube videos.
1: Yeah. a long answer, but yeah.
2: (laughs) Next question here from Lachlan. Hi, Lannis. I was wondering how you are liking your Sony a 95 K TV in the new house after having it for a few months. I recently bought one as an upgrade from a 10 year old LCD and love it. Agreed. It's the best TV on the market.
0: And it's really, really good. It's really funny. I came home from my trip last night and my son was sitting in the family room watching a movie I was like, hey. you, know, you know there's a theater downstairs, right? He's like, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Why do I even bother? <laughs> you know what I would have given for a theater at his age?
2: Question here from Michael. For some future proofing, what would you, rec- would you recommend? Well, this is a hard sentence for me. For some future-proofing, what would you recommend for a Zen 4 CPU? The Ryzen 9 7900X or the Ryzen 9 7950X? Main purpose is gaming, streaming, and Unreal 5 game development?
0: Because I know
1: the answer, I won't say anything. Future-proofing is a bad way to go about it. Don't plan that way. Nice. Sorry. Uh, you're just going to have to wait and
0: see what the performance of these CPUs is. We, they're not out yet. <laughs> they're coming soonish, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe chat will, uh, maybe chat will discuss it, and you
1: guys can have some good conversation about it. But I cannot uh, join in. There's so many. The second you throw around future proofing, it's a very frustrating term to deal with because the second you throw around that term, your your budget, your disposable income, your interest in the product, all these different things your come performance up. Performance needs. They, they they all come up and they you you cannot define them very easily at all to any other people. And if you yeah. could, it's going to take a lot of writing. That's a better type of question for something like the new builds and planning section of the forum. Um, so you can get way more into, in, into depth with it. But planning a build for future proofing is often a flawed way of approaching the build, in my opinion. Um, so answering that question is just kind of like... Yeah, it's tough.
2: Yeah. Next question here is from Tyler. I liked hearing about Canadian versus Chinese molding in your screwdriver supply chain and would love to hear more about this on everything on the LTT store. What are some challenges you faced with finding North American-based suppliers for your products?
1: So I wanted to use this opportunity to blast the newsletter. Yeah. Creator Warehouse has a newsletter where they talk about this type of stuff. Yeah. Um, Not as often as I'd like, but they're working on it. There's some There's some really interesting articles on there, and there's an archive on the website um i don't actually know where the archive is on our current site because i know where it is on the new theme that's coming oh bloody hell um okay well yeah i don't but see there it. will be an archive on the new theme i'm pretty sure there is one that you can find on the current theme i just don't know where it is i do not see it okay okay cool.
0: yeah uh anyway um i would say i don't know i can talk about a couple things so if uh, when, the, when the COVID shutdowns were hitting China really hard near the beginning of, what would it be, like, like maybe mid-2020, let's say, uh, mid to late 2020, we explored heavily getting garments made here in Canada. And what we ultimately discovered was that there was no stock of anything, so you would pretty much have to wait for whatever fabric supplier to order from China. So it wasn't going to help us smooth out our, um, our procurement issues. And then the second problem was that the quality of the actual production over here was just not even close. Just like like pockets, like this crooked, and like, really? just, Oh, like it was utterly unusable. We, we explored doing like a whole line, like made in Canada line and, um, it's not I'm not saying that nothing made in Canada would be good. I'm saying that whatever manufacturing capacity there is in Canada is probably privately held right. and privately utilized and or is pretty bottom tier um, or is or is being used um, like a lot of it would be like short run types of projects like if you need to you you have a conference in two months and you need uh, jackets for all your team members. You might get something like that done here, and so the 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 standards for quality might not be as high, but that might not matter. Or they might be really high, and you might be paying like nine hundred dollars a jacket or whatever, and that's not something that we'd be able to market to you guys. You don't. You're not gonna. You're not gonna pay that. Uh, and to be clear, I pulled that number out of my butt. It could be a
1: lot less. Never, than say that, never. But it would Be high. Maybe there's you know double digit inflation for. A bunch of years or something, and jackets start costing $900. Uh, Yeah, sure, but, like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, There's another thing we tried to get done in Canada. We tried to get the ABCs of gaming printed in Canada, and literally every single so-called printer in Canada was just outsourcing to China anyway. So we were like, "Um, okay, and we sourced it from China, and the quality is great, and... Like, we get so many reviews on the site about how amazing the quality of ABCs of gaming is, like, compared to their other board books. And it's like, yeah, because we just, like, found and validated a good Chinese factory. And, that like, that's the thing in China, is it was really eye-opening to hear the molding guys talk about it, where in China, um, you can absolutely pay the exact same amount that you would pay here and get a great quality product like you might get here. Um, or you can tell them, look, I only want to pay a quarter as much and they will, yeah, they'll happily make something for you that's a quarter of the quality. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. So this perception that Chinese manufacturing is like tier and bad quality, a lot of it, not all, but a lot of it has to do with companies over here.
1: Wanting to pay a very low Wanting
0: amount. to pay a small amount of money and ending up with a tier product.
1: <laughs> like it's, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious.
2: Next question here is from Carson. What's your opinion on the new PSU spec and the necessity of it? It sucks for people like me who just bought a nicer PSU, hoping it would last long. But now, according to Jays 2 Cents, there are risks with mixing an old PSU with a new GPU.
1: And that's why future-proofing sucks.
0: I mean, if you bought a thousand watt power supply back in like 2005, 2006, Actually, I don't think they had really hit by that point. Let's say 2008,
1: you got a solid 14 years out of it. You sure did. And that's still why future-proofing sucks. But you were lucky. Yeah, exactly. You didn't, like, know if that was going to be a thing or not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um we haven't done a
0: video about ATX 3.0 yet. So the truth of the matter is I haven't really looked into it that much. I know that we want to get our Chroma set up so that we can evaluate ATX 3.0 power supplies. I know the first ones have hit the market now. Silverstone has one that's available for purchase now, uh, but we have not gotten our training from Chroma yet. So we're not quite ready to
1: evaluate power supplies, but it will come very soon. I skimmed Jay's video on it. Sorry, Jay, I was busy. I didn't have time to really sit down and dedicate watch time to it, but, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I'm excited to see like lab data on it, whatever. I'm excited to see people dive deeply into it, but check out Jay's video. It's interesting.
2: Next question here from Anon. Did you ever ever get a resolution to the wire fraud from earlier this year? Hoping that got sorted for you. Yeah, we got it back through very um, unofficial means.
0: I told the story before. I think it's on LMG Clips.
2: Next question here from Everett. Do you ever think we'll get reach a point of smaller and smaller transistor sizes that quantum tunneling will stop shrinking and we'll have to rely on what AMD is doing with 3D stacking.
0: Yeah, we're already there. That's D why AMD's is 3D stacking. Yeah. It's they writing's been on the wall for a long time. That's why they've been developing these technologies. Absolutely.
2: Oops, sorry, are we playing FTSE? Oh, down. Let's do it. I'm gonna try to reach really far so I can join in. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Next question here is from Raul uh in the foreseeable future will LTT store ever become a hub for selling other YouTubers merch after the jerry rig everything knife i was started to wonder
0: um i don't see why not any other creators y'all out there you want to want to like wholesale some stuff to us if we think it's a good product like i don't see why we wouldn't carry it i don't know man it's like should we just have like creatorwarehouse.com and like
1: i've been wanting creatorwarehouse to support other creators for a long time the way that i want them to do it is not in that way and i understand it's super hard i get it oh like develop products for them yeah i know i know you know we are
0: working with someone big though right no yeah really big i didn't but
1: it's gonna take time yeah and it's hard and it takes upfront investment because the way that we do it is a little different even from that person it is
0: It is requiring a significant time commitment, but this person has a lot of integrity and cares about the quality of the products that they want to, they don't just want to sell stuff
1: to their audience. The thing that I've liked about the store the most, the whole time we've had it, but more lately, because like originally we were just doing like what we could and now we can do more, which is great. But the thing that I've liked about the store is that I, I feel stoked to stand behind our products, which is cool. I think we make good stuff. A lot of YouTuber merch, even well-intentioned YouTuber merch, is kind of junky because you do what you're supposed to do, right? You look online, look at what other people are doing. This is what's available to me. This is all I can really do without building a business arm, which is not realistic for most creators, which is fine and makes sense. And those results are often kind of junky. Yeah. So being able to have actually good stuff is cool, but it's hard. Um, and having the creator Rails team be able to be that arm for these other companies, I think would be really sick. But again, that itself is really difficult. And we're already dealing with our own scale things. And there's lots of work to do. So yeah, and it's tough, right? Because like, it works for us, because we
0: are taking 100% of the margin. If we had another creator come in and say, Yeah, I, uh, I want to do uh, 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 a purse. Okay, so whatever, right? It's like some product. So let's say that uh, they they wanted to target um, like a, a pretty typical retail product markup is about double okay so let's say they wanted to target uh, a 199 price point okay so if it was for us we have a hundred dollars to work with to 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 build that product um, while because you got to understand there are certain costs associated with a product that just scale with price. So, you know, any, any losses from warranty, for example, it's not like, um, it's not like just because it's a more expensive product, you can just, you can just make a maximum of $20 on every product, no matter how much it actually costs. Um, there's also higher transaction fees on the transaction, like there's just, there's just fixed costs that that go up with the value of the product. And so it's it's pretty typical to aim for about 100 points on on a product. And so if we were operating as just this single vertically integrated entity like we are now, then we could kind of go, okay, well then uh, we have $100 to work with to develop this product and we will make $100 on it. This is all purely hypothetical and I've used these simple uh, one to two ratios before for cost to, to retail price. It's not always that simple. We have products we make more than that. We have products we make less than that. And um, that also helps us absorb the storage and handling and transaction fees and like all that stuff. But we're keeping the math really, really simple. So all of a sudden, we are not acting as a vertically integrated company where the creator and the creating company are, are, are one, essentially. Now we're creator warehouse and we're working with another person okay, so of that $100, what's that split? Um, if, if it's 90-10, if they take 90 of it and we take 10, that sounds pretty good for them because they don't have to like build a business arm, like you said, to create these products. But is that even worth our time? If we're selling these $200 products and we're taking home $10 of that $100 of margin, why did we even bother? Unless we, unless we are going to sell like 100,000 of them or something, um, the 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 multiple people that are probably because any product you're going to sell that many of, I guarantee
1: you the development costs were substantial, well into six figures. But I think I think so why are we bothering? So a lot of what I would I guess bring yeah. up is that the thing that I like the most about our stuff is the quality of it. But that's and exactly maybe, it. And maybe hold I on. was getting there. Hold on, I was going to get there. Hold on, I was going to get there. Hold on, maybe we don't do purses. Well, okay. But, but we have our own blanks for shirts and we have consistent really high quality. And the printing's sure. good. And we yes. have bottles and we have other stuff. Okay. But hold on, let's go back to let's go back to the the margin question then. Okay.
0: So so we have to figure out that it has to be enough margin for us to get out of bed. Because yeah. otherwise we could have made our own purse. Yeah. Right? Okay. So then we need more than 10%, probably. So then from their side, okay, well, it has to be enough for me to bother getting out of bed because at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to be involved in the design process for this. I have to sell it. It has my name on it, and ultimately reflects on me if it's bad. So they're taking a lot of they're taking a lot of inherent risk in, in undertaking this. So we might go, okay, fine. Um, uh, hundred dollars isn't enough for us to split. So now the final price needs to be two hundred and fifty bucks. So we each get seventy five, and now we're happy. Hypothetically, right? So we're both making less. The price went up to you by involving these multiple entities. Now, it doesn't... I know people are going to be like, um, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, You're right, you're right, you're right. That's not how it works. But the point is that the more entities involved in this process, the more ways that whatever margin there is, is split, and the more it drives up the finished cost. And so, you know, from my point of view, and you guys might think, oh, you're being greedy. 10% should be lots, right? Well, okay. Well, who's doing customer support? Am I handling that? No. Why not? Not not in the way that I Because they don't want to build a business arm, right? If they don't want to build a business arm, well, then why are they doing support? Well, we should be a one-stop shop. Okay, well, then I need more margin. Because we run
1: their Shopify pages? Yeah, okay.
0: So what? Do I have the login? Okay, at that point, who owns the shop? Do I or do you? Am I licensing your brand well, now that's at not, that point?
1: That's not how that works. There's a few things in here that I don't think we're lining up on. One, the Shopify Sorry. page thing, running their Shopify page... Oh, I know require, you can have daughter sites. ...would require a login, yeah. but would not require ownership of the site. No, but it could. But why? It just could. Okay. Because at that... But you well, don't need that for customer support. You don't need that for development. You mean, don't need that for marketing. I just you mean don't it's complicated. Yeah, but I think it's less complicated than your. Well, it can showing. be. Yeah, so make it less...
0: Well, okay, have so to make fine. It more what do you want? What do you
1: want me to do? I, I think new product development would only be for very, very specific creators and at very, very high volume. Which is something we're doing. Yeah. existing product though, sure. shirt bottles, I think that's a lot easier than you're letting on. It is. Design is almost certainly going to be done by them, or we could have like a more premium track where you work with our designers. It's
0: still more complicated than that, though, because when we print the design, right? So we get it printed. We have a shirt. Now what? Are they local? Can we show it to them and make sure that the colors meet their needs? Is it what they envisioned when they designed it on their screen? Is their screen even color accurate? I don't know. To ship it to them. Okay. But then now you're adding extra time. They'll have a hard time doing anything timely at that point because we have to get their design, get it printed, get it back, ship it to them get their confirmation, this kind of multi-step process. And you know. I don't think
1: it adds a step. You know from communicating with. It shouldn't go with,
0: printer to us. It should go printer to them. You know from community. Well, it doesn't because we pick them up locally. We have it printed locally. Oh, okay. And you know from communicating with creators they that like they are not flaky answer.
1: as f**k. They really, 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 really love to not they answer. They are the worst. Yeah, they actually are. Myself included. And me.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I know I'm overcomplicating it, but you're
1: oversimplifying it. I think it's probably uh, true on both sides. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds fair. (laughs) (laughs) Cool.
2: (laughs) Uh, Next one. (laughs) All right. Uh, Final question here from Anon. What games are you guys currently enjoying?
1: Toying with Luke. <laughs> I feel like we've
2: been getting this question a lot
1: lately, so my answers aren't really changing. I also didn't really play games for the last week, and I'm pretty sure this question came up last week. I played um, some Super Meat Boy on the plane. Oh, nice. It's been a little while. I was A plus on some levels. I played Golf Story on the plane. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Which, I guess to talk about this Golf Story, one of my favorite Switch games that came out, really fantastic game. Um, Sports Story? I think was supposed to be the follow-up sports story. How's that going? Not well, which is why I kind of wanted to mention it. Uh, sidebar games, uh, was developing it. I, I think sidebar games is like a two bit studio. Um, I, there was a trailer that went up on Nintendo's YouTube channel for sports story that looked awesome. Uh, it looked like gameplay. It looked awesome. Um, but it seems like the project might be dead, which is super sad because Golf Story was actually amazing. And even playing it again, I beat the whole thing before. There wasn't really anything else for me to do on the plane. Um, My girlfriend had her switch there. I didn't bring mine. She had Golf Story on it though. So I was like, sweet, I'll just play this again. It was great. I really enjoyed it. And I really hope that they finished development on Sports Story, because I would love to play it. Well, they haven't updated Twitter since December
0: twenty twenty one. But 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 the time before that was in June of twenty twenty one. So maybe this is on brand for them. I I
1: don't know. They are far off their schedule, if I remember correctly. Mm. Based on like the video and stuff. And they haven't replied to anything yep. since then. Yep. It's looking rough, but if you're out there, there's interest. Please, please make game. Mm-hmm. You will sell at least one copy. I'll buy it. But yeah. Yeah. Same answers as other times. Orno, when I'm walking around. uh, been, been playing some... uh, Little bit of Tarkov, not very much. Little bit of Sniper Elite, not very much. Little bit of Star Citizen, not very much. There you go. I think that's it. I think that's all thanks
0: for watching we'll see you again next week same bad time nope same bad channel i won't touch that
1: yep and bye